You're listening to the Football Revolution. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hello and welcome to the Football Revolution. I'm your host, Gio. Thanks for joining us. Konnichiwa to everyone. Hello in honour of Japan's second big upset. This time it was the might of Spain. And joining me is our equivalent to Mbappe, my co-host. Good evening. Killingham, B.I.G. Wow. You like the intro? What an intro. Mate, wow. it, it came from, I was listening back to the show last week and I thought you were saying Killingham, Mbappe, not Killian. Which not only made me crack up, but I realised that's your new World Cup name as per the intro, Killingham VIG. I'll take it. Anytime <laughs> you can uh, compare yourself to Killian Mbappe, I'll take it. Mate, you're the star. What a player. Mate, you're our star and uh, you get the job done. So uh, it's, not, it's not a hard comparison. But uh, the World Cup is starting to heat up and the upsets continued in the final group games. But as the business gets serious, the big guns are starting to flex their muscles in the round of 16. Yeah, and, and how good were, were the final uh, group games? That match day three of the group stage, absolutely incredible. Um, you know, teams in, teams out, uh, teams needing to score one more goal to knock another team out. It was it was just um, phenomenal and, um, you know, that's what the World Cup's all about. It was minute by minute, wasn't it? One minute, yeah, one team's going through and they're coming, someone's coming last in the group, next minute they're coming first. And Literally, it's like, uh, for, for a couple of minutes there, Spain and Germany uh, are both going out, right? Costa Rica, who were... Got pumped seven one by Spain in the first game seven nil whatever it was, um, you know they're they're going through with Japan and and Spain and Germany two powerhouses going home uh, for a minute there Tunisia is going through instead of the Socceroos and then Matt Lecky steps up so uh, just just phenomenal it's crazy to watch um, you, you're trying to watch two games at once at once you got one one game on the TV one game on the laptop or on the phone. Uh, you got text messages flying in from your mates, and you know, oh, this happened, that's happened. Quick, did you see that? Did you see? Did you miss this? Um, just, just phenomenal. It's, it's such great excitement, and um, you know, made made for some great mornings. How can you not love the uh, the world game? And uh, and I, and I suppose there's rumours going around they were looking at trying to put a World Cup on every two years instead of four. I don't know if we can handle it. It's too much, isn't it? I love football, but um, it's, you get no sleep. You don't eat properly. Everything. My, just goes my heart out can't way. handle that. I don't. I don't think so. But um, no. Look, there's there's a Euro every every second year in an Asian Cup. So uh, there's plenty of football. Keep the World Cup every four years. It makes it special. Um, and we'll talk about uh, you know what they're going to do with it uh, with the 48 teams a bit later on. I think. Mate, surely my Italians are behind this because we haven't made a World Cup now for uh, two World Cups eight years. So we're trying to push it forward to make it every two years to give us more chances. Every two years, <laughs> they want they want 64 teams in the World Cup. Uh, yeah, look the way the way Italy are going with World Cups, we need 128 teams, and we need it every year. But uh, we can talk about that another time. But uh, our Socceroos showed amazing fighting spirit against all odds, brushing aside the more fancy Denmark to set up a mouthwatering clash with Messi and Argentina. Unfortunately, we know how that all panned out, and as brave as we fought. We unfortunately fell just short. No shame in losing to a powerhouse like that. Garen Quile came close to equalising, but it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, look, at the end of the day, we can be extremely proud of, of what they achieved. Um, you know, before the tournament started, everyone had ridden them off. Um, you know, that there wasn't that much support around them, but to see to see the nation rally and, and get behind them, and um, it's amazing what a couple of wins can do. Um, to change the mood of the country and, and people's perception about about a team. So, um, yeah, look, phenomenal effort. Uh, you can't fault their their desire, their 
their will to win. Uh, you know, we, we gutsed it out against Tunisia in that, in that second half. We had our backs to the wall. We, we were struggling. Um, but the fight we showed, you know, Sudar's tackle, um, you know, players putting their body on the line, Matty Ryan in goals in that Tunisia game, um, you know, incredible, incredible fight. And, and sometimes in a World Cup, in, in, a, in a, you know, knockout tournament like this, that's what you have to do to win football matches, right? It's, it's not always pretty. Um, you know, what we need to do now is we need to capitalise on this. Um, we, need to, we need to build on, on this momentum going into the Women's World Cup next year. And also, you know, for, for the next cycle, uh, for the 2026 World Cup, um, you know, qualification is, is going to be a little bit different because obviously more teams qualify, but we need, this is our chance to build on it. We need to create an identity for Australian football now. Um, we, we need to, to have a philosophy of play because I, I still, when I watch the Socceroos, I still don't know what I'm going to get. I know, I know I'm, sorry, I know I'm going to get the, the, the hunger, the desire, um, we, you know, Graham Arnold talks about the Aussie DNA, the n- never, gi- never um, say die attitude, never give up. We're going to get that, right? Yep. That, that's that's Australian. That's that's inbuilt in all of us. So we're going to. We, we tried to be uh, Dutch for a while. But yeah, the problem yeah. is, you can only be Dutch if you're a Dutch. Yeah, exactly. You can't play. You, you know, can't. You no can bring one else Dutch can be coach, Dutch. You can yeah, bring yeah. in a Dutch kit. You can bring in Dutch boots. You can bring up bring in Dutch whatever you like. But you, you can even give yeah. Dutch nicknames. But unless you're Dutch, you can't play yeah. Dutch. You can't be Spanish. If you're not Spanish. So, so the, the, the one thing we do have, though, is we've got that desire, we've got that hunger, we've got that fight, but our boys can play football as well, right? So let, let's play football. I want to see them play football. I want to see them, um, you know, passing out from the back. I want to see them pressing high. Um, I want to see us dominating possession, right, and, and holding onto the ball, which we, we don't always see. And, and, yeah, there's a fine line because I know international football is it's results-based, right? If you win, everyone's happy. You saw we, we won two games. Everyone's over the moon. We're jumping out of our seats. Socceroos are, are, are great. You know, all, all, all this emotion that, you know, that surrounds the, these uh, these matches. Um, but, you know, I still want to see that identity. I want to see us take it to the next level. I want to see us like Japan. We know how Japan's going to play every time they come out, right? They're technical. They're on the ball. They like to pass it around. They're patient. They build up play from the back. They, they they also press high like they, they do you know what you, when you watch japan you know what you're going to get when you watch the socceroos i still don't know what i'm going to get sometimes is this a, a philosophy we need to implement at football australia level and say okay from you know, under whatever it is 15s 17s 23s uh, you know the, the men's team the socceroos this is how we play do you bring in a coach that just tries to bring in a philosophy into the first team and then maybe it filters down maybe it doesn't What's the theory behind it? The, the basis, yes, but at the end of the day, you also need the players, right? So if if the under-15 level doesn't have the players to play like that, then the coach has to be agile and they have to adjust. I think that was maybe Ange's downfall when he coached. He had this set set way of playing. He was so determined that you're going to play this way, we're always going to do this. But that's not always the case, right? Because you, I think you need a mixture of both. You need a mixture of philosophy and identity and a style of play but you also need sometimes to roll the sleeves up and, and get stuck in and, and grind a result out. Yeah, true. Mate, uh, the Italian nation was extremely proud of how we performed and the turnout at live sites had to be seen to be believed. Let's use this to kickstart the game here in a huge way. As you're saying, we just need to make sure that the momentum here, the snowball effect, it, it gains momentum, but it doesn't stop here once this World Cup finishes in you know two weeks' time or three weeks' time. It's our journey's finished, the Socceroos' journey, and that, but there's still plenty of games to be played, but we need to make sure that that continues. Yeah, 100%. I think the, the biggest uh, winners from this was uh, boating, camping, fishing. Sold out of flares <laughs> across the country. But no, okay. look, it, it was great It was great to see. Um, 
like you said, we've got to capitalise on this. We need to turn those fans who are going to watch the Socceroos um, and so passionate about about watching the Socceroos, they need to be rocking up every week to watch A-League games. Okay, Graham Arnold, job well done. But uh, look, just a bit of advice. I'm no expert, but uh, I do know how to treat people. Stay humble and be modest. You know, for you to come out and say, hey, I proved a lot of people wrong. I know he's had a lot of pressure. I know guys have been on his case the whole time and he's probably had enough of it. But the truth of the matter is, go out there and say, we overachieved, we proved you wrong. Don't start picking the 2006 golden generation and saying, they only won, you know, four points, we won six. They had Brazil, who are the best team in the world. They had Japan, who's probably the best team in Asia at the moment. And they also had Croatia, who were the 2018 uh, runners-up in the World Cup. So very, very tough. tough group. What we've achieved here is fantastic, well above what we probably all expected in all honesty. But the thing is, don't go start picking fights with people like that because they're Australians too. It was an Australian team and all you're going to do is put people offside who were probably on your side or sitting on the fence and now you're going to go and start targeting that. You can't compare the quality of the players they had there Harry Kiel, Viduka and that. You can kid yourself and say that's the, the, the facts that uh, we got more points. Yeah, but it doesn't always come down to that. So, look, you did you did a fantastic job getting us to the knockout phase, taking a, a powerhouse like Argentina all the way, but just do it with a little bit of grace and a little bit of modesty and, and don't get too carried away from yourself. And if people are giving you advice that you should give it to the media and give it to, to the Australian people who have doubted you, don't take that advice, mate. My advice to you is just go out there and take it and say, I did a good job. Let people give you the the, the pundits, let people give you a clap, but don't clap yourself, mate. You know, that's... <laughs> that's yeah, look, look, job job well done. Um, like like you said, we, we have overachieved with, with the squad that we have and, and our, our qualification campaign. It, it, was, it was dark and gloomy for a long time, right? It wasn't looking good. But yes, we got through. Our, the main objective was to make it to the World Cup one. And then when we got there, anything's possible at a World Cup, right? We, we've seen throughout this group stage, we've seen teams that have progressed. Morocco topped the group. Tunisia have beat, beaten France. Saudi Arabia have beaten um, uh, Argentina. Yep. Japan have, have, have won two games against, you know, two of the powerhouses in, in Spain and Germany. So, um, you know, it's, it's been a phenomenal World Cup so far. But, but like you said, um, you know, be, be graceful, be thankful, and, and let's capitalise on this and, and really start to move Australian football forward. Well said. Uh, domestically, we tackle week three of our A-League women's wrap a little bit later in the show. Uh, another edition of our World Cup uh, Pelé Awards. It's pronounced so many different ways. You can call it whatever you like. Just know it's our, our cracked World Cup Awards. So tomato, tomato, or Pelé, Pelé, Pelé Awards, whatever you want. Let's just get it on. Is there anything I didn't see, VIG? Oh, I'm, I'm going to touch on this later, but yeah, the, uh, the fake Neymar. All right. You, you've missed it. You know what I'm talking about, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it later. All right. Uh, this week in the Player Escape Room, we are joined by Western United's Mr. Fixit Felix, likeable defender, Jacob Tratt. So can't wait to get him on for a chat. Good bloke. Yeah, he's a champion guy. Uh, A-League women's table update. So Western United are on uh, top of the table with nine points, three from three for the new girls. So couldn't ask for a better start for, uh, for the green and black. Sitting in second is Melbourne City on six. They've played one less game, so they're also still undefeated. Sydney FC on six as well. Adelaide on six, round out the top four. And Newcastle Jets back a further two points on four. And Brisbane rounding out the top six on four points as well. My weekly rap has been replaced by our shout-out, dedicating a weekly song to a team or a player for their good or bad performance. This week's shout-out definitely goes to a fantastic performance. It goes to France's good-looking all-time leading goal scorer Olivier Giroud. And right said Fred, I'm too sexy. Now, uh, congratulations on going past legendary 
Thierry Henry's 51 goals. Not bad for a go-kart, as referred to by F1 uh, Kareem Benzema. Look, he, he, he's been slagged a lot, hasn't he, Giroud? He has, and, but and it's taken but him 117 games to score 52 goals. And the Ballon d'Or winner, F1, as he's self-proclaimed himself, has scored only 37 in 97. Now, you've got a bit of work to do. If this is cricket, I know you like your cricket. He's uh, runs he's with a number of balls left. He's running out of balls here, right? He's he going to have to start hitting fours and sixes. So I think uh, Benzema, as fantastic he is, and I'm not saying for one second that uh, Giroud's as good a player as him or whatever. Benzema was the player uh, who won the Ballon d'Or, and it's you know you have to be an unbelievable player to win that, as we've seen with Messi and, and Ronaldo in the past. But, uh, mate, you are starting to look at it worse than a runner ball the way you're looking so you need to get a move on yeah and look, and look Benzema was obviously out of the French team for, for a long time and, and Giroud was that number nine for them that their, their go-to striker um, you know in, in between after Henri and and in between Benzema now so um, you know he's been the beneficiary of, of having a player like Antoine Griezmann and, and Kylian Mbappe feeding him uh, feeding him service up front so um, hats off to him phenomenal effort uh, one of Grenoble's finest Mate, uh, I'm too sexy is uh, could be I'm too sexy for Benzema. I'm too sexy for uh, you know. I hey, suppose he's all too the other sexy scores. for anything. This yeah, bloke. He is. I know. I know you're a massive fan of uh, of the way he looks and the catwalks that he walks on. But uh, look, like we said, in all honesty, I'm too sexy is uh, a, a way of us, you know, jokingly saying to him. But fantastic job, amazing achievement, and uh, look, anyone that can even get close to a player like Henri's goal scoring feats is uh, is doing half okay. So congratulations to him. Right said, Fred. I'm too sexy is the. Uh, the song that we dedicate to you, Olivier Giroud, France's all-time leading scorer. So moving into our A-League women's wrap, so quick uh, snapshot of how we look at these games. It's the score, the player that was worth the admission, uh, less, lesson from the game as well as a game fact. So let's get into the first one. The Newcastle Jets uh, hosting the Perth Glory on the Saturday. The final score was 2-2. The player that was worth the mission alone was Perth's American uh, forward Rayleigh Baisden with a double to earn her team a point. Uh, with a regulation tapping at the back post and also a nice header. She was also unlucky with a clean strike, not having a hat-trick, and the winner in the 80th minute, but the crossbar rescued the Jets. So the uh, the lesson from the game, Perth, when the opposition hits you on the counter, just kick the ball over the sideline and regroup, ready for a throw-in. I know it's not pretty, but you would have won three points. The Jets' goals came from mistakes from the glory defenders. They worked so hard for their goals and then gifted the opponents uh, two equalisers. So... Really, really dejecting, I suppose, as a team and as a coach when you've done everything you can and you've worked so hard to create those chances and finish off those opportunities and then you do absolute comedy of errors at the back. And, uh, you know, I suppose if you're, if you're uh, the Socceroos Milos uh, Dejanak, then you'd say no one makes mistakes, but uh, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I don't know. I think we'll that's, leave it there. I, yeah, I think that's uh, being kind to you, mate. But any which way, it does look, football does happen and things do happen, but... Uh, yeah, I think sometimes you do. Sometimes maybe good, but sometimes maybe bad. <laughs> I've got nothing to say to that, but you're, you're spot on. Yeah, and, and game fact is 35 shots in the game, 28% uh, on target. Maybe nice to watch the shooting gallery as a fan, but not enjoyable for coaches. So my suggestion would be Baisden's two goals and she hit the crossbar with her four shots. So lessons anyone. Maybe she can run a couple of uh, coaching clinics during the week. She's had four shots and she's bagged two. One's hit the crossbar, so her strike rate is phenomenal. That's not that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Yeah, not bad at all. I think uh, maybe uh, before long the, uh, the Glory uh, men's team will be uh, giving her a call up. I hope they've got a spare oh. number for a good number. Uh, definitely a starting number. 
They've got, <laughs> I think Bruno's number is still available, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Hey, for for Noroli. Noroli. All right, so moving on to the second of the Saturday games, it was uh, Melbourne City back in action after having a week off against Brisbane Raw. What happened in this game? It was uh, one-way traffic, I think. 3-0 uh, <laughs> to Melbourne City. The goal so- scorers were Henry in the 30th, uh, Rojas in the 51st, and Ekic in the 80th. Um, we've spoken about this player before. This is a player worth the price of admission. It's uh, Maria Jose Rojas. Um, you know, we talk absolute about her every joy week. To watch. She's, she's a freak. She's an absolute freak. And uh, another goal. She did miss a penalty, though. Um, but, but another which goal. Hit the cr- which I hit the post from as well. So the, it looked it, like it wasn't going to be a penalty. Then it hit the post. And you're thinking, all right, maybe maybe Brisbane, you know, the Brisbane keeper had a, had a tremendous game. Um, but yeah, no, she, was, she was phenomenal. She uh, scored a goal. Uh, 3-0 win, you, you can't ask for much more. But also, uh, this player, she wasn't on the score sheet, but uh, teenage sensation, Daniela Galich, uh, she was really impressive for me. Okay. Yeah, we just need to keep bringing the Rojasses and the handcuffs, the goalkeeper from uh, Brisbane Raw. They're not combined, those two names, they're separate. But uh, yeah, look, I think we just need to keep bringing that quality of player in because some of the players that I've seen early in this uh, um, A-League women's competition are fantastic. They're really enjoyable. And I think we just have to, like we do say in the men's, Let's just keep building and bringing in more and more quality players so that each week we're getting, you know, games that are really entertaining and we get to see some real star players week in, week out in every game in the A-League. Yeah, look, my, my lesson from the game, plain and simple, Melbourne City were just too good, right? Okay. You know, we spoke <laughs> about it. team talk for the Well, role? we spoke about it when, when, when France played Australia and people saying that they're just too good, right? 4-1, but they've got Mbappe, they've got Giroud, they've got Griezmann, they've got Dembele, they're just too good. This was this was similar, right? So Melbourne City were just were just too good. Brisbane, um, look, if if it wasn't for the keeper uh, Hensley Handcuff, uh, American American girl, honestly, it could have been it could have been six, easily. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. She pulled off a couple of fantastic saves and, you know, it's disappointing for her because she did everything she could and she still walks away a, a 3-0 loser, but uh, she can at least uh, hold her head held high and know that she uh, did everything she could to try and help her team get some points. It just she wasn't did, good enough. She does, and... and uh, this is this is my game fact ties into her as well. Um, American goalkeeper. She made a professional debut in round one. That was a, her first professional football game. You're um, kidding me? No, no joke. So okay. she's 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 twenty two. Um, and, and this is I, I did some some research. I was I was looking at reading up on her, and um, this was a girl at seventeen years old. She had to undergo surgery to remove two plum sized tumors from her ovaries after she'd been living with cancer for a year. So to to come back from that, it's an incredible story. Uh, it's great to see her playing and, and playing professional football to come back from that. And, and she was just phenomenal on the weekend and she's been great all season in, in the first three games. Mate, all I can think of when you're saying that is besides she's a wonderful woman, he's got to get her on the player escape room. I'd love, we'd love to have a chat with her. If, if, she's, out, if she's out there, yeah. we'd, we'd love to. We, oh, we'd, we'd love, love, to we'd love these stories. Her. Yeah, she's fantastic. And I think she'd be very inspiring for all young footballers out there, no matter boy, girl, whoever it is. I think a story like that where you, you show you never give up, even when you get you know, a bum hand, you don't throw your cards out. You just play the hand you've got and, uh, and you come out the other side like she has, you know, is, is very successful is a, is a story that, you know, everyone would love to hear. So, yeah, that's awesome. All right, so um, moving on to the third of the Saturday uh, games, it was the uh, Sydney Derby, Western Sydney Wanderers versus Sydney FC. The score was uh, 1-0 to uh, Sydney FC. 
My player of the match was uh, Sarah Hunter. Now, she worked hard for her team at both ends of the pitch. It was a hot day here in Sydney, which uh, was great for us because we're swimming in the pool or going to the beach. But for footballers, it's <laughs> not no good. Yeah, not so good. It's not fun times. But um, after a captain, Tobin, was sent off for Sydney, they had to play with 10 players for more than half a game. And uh, like I said, in the heat, it probably felt like three games. But uh, she absolutely ran from one end of the pitch to the other. I think it was at Marconi Stadium. And she's run from one end of the, every blade of graf- grass out there in Fairfield at Mar- Marconi Stadium. So I think she, she did, was a big reason why they were able to hold out uh, their derby rivals. But uh, for me, the uh, the thing that I think uh, you know, that, the, that they need to work on or a lesson from the game is uh, the Wanderers against a team with a player down need to go for the knockout and take the game to them. You know, you, I know sometimes that normally it means that it galvanises your side when you go down to 10, but they've lost their captain, right, a leader at the back. Uh, and so for them, I, I think you just had to go out there and try and knock them You've out. You got to put them under pr- a bit yeah, of pressure. Yeah, you can't sit back. They started off, you know, Sydney. Sydney lined up with a with a four three three, an attacking formation. Uh, the the Wanderers had started with a you know a back four and then two holding defensive midfielders. So straight away you're showing your cards that you you're looking to try and you know stay in the game, but you're not going to you know give too much away. So for me, I think you had to really go for it. And if you get a goal, their heads go down. But while they stay in the game, you know, and it's nil nil, and then they get they stay in the game like they have and they were a bit tired then they were able to pinch a, a late winner with a you know a shot from an angle and unfortunately for the keeper for the Wanderers she'd had a great game I don't know how she got caught out from there just out of position or you know like I said maybe just switched off for a few seconds but I think if you put them to the sword early it's game over but the longer the 10, 10, 10 men stay in the game the more confidence they get so it gave Ante Juric's team a chance to steal the points so hats off to them but uh, yeah you just needed to go for more earlier on if I was the Wanderers and um the match fact is the Sydney Derby, the Wanderers without a win in six matches. And I'll give you a second fact. It was the first red card of the women's season. So, um, not, not Bonus a, points for that one. Yeah, not, a, not an award that Tobin would like to get, but uh, what, what she can probably uh, offset her being the first woman to get a red card in this, this uh, season is the fact that her team walked away with all three points in the Sydney Derby and it moved them up the table, I think, into third. So uh, not a bad day for the, for the uh, Sydney FC. If not only, if not for their captain, but uh, moving on to the first of the two Sunday games, it was uh, Melbourne Victory hosting uh, one of the other new teams, the Phoenix. How did this game pan out, Vig? Yeah, tight affair. It only finished uh, one nil to the Victory. Uh, goal in the fiftieth minute from uh, Ayers. Uh, my play to watch, or worth worth the price of admission, uh, was Alex Chidiak. Uh, I thought she was tremendous. Um, yeah, no, I, I, no, I, fantastic I can't believe she's still only 23 years old. She's she's been in the Matilda setup. She's played at Atletico Madrid, right? Huge club in in Spain, um, and she's also spent time in in Japan with uh, Jeff United Chiba. So um, I might steal she, her she, CV. I'm happy to put just liquid paper her name yeah. out and just put mine at the top. I'm not sure that would work. Man. I'd love to be at Atletico. I know uh, it's Atletico team. Madrid. Love Atletico, it. How, good, how good? How good? So. Um, you know she she's been she's been around the world. She's she's come back to to Melbourne now. Um, she got she got an assist from a lovely corner, and she also hit the post from a, a great running shot. And how's this for a stat? She had ninety seven percent passes completed, thirty four out of thirty five. Phenomenal. I'm definitely taking her CV. Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's a um, that's a great stat. No matter what our league you are or what position you play. Lessons from the game. Uh, Wellington need to capitalise on their possession. They they only had three shots all game, forty six percent possession, um, but they just couldn't advance the ball forward and and get into you know get the ball into threatening areas. So Mate, it's a story of two tales, right? You got two new teams without you know going too far off track here. You got the Wellington Phoenix, three games, three losses, 
no points to show for it. And then you've got Western United who have come in this year three as well. Three. three from three. Um, and so, yeah, look, it's, it's – and, and you both come in the same opportunities and stuff, but unfortunately one team's uh, swimming at the top of the ocean, the other one's drowning at the bottom. So <laughs> it's not – I don't know, how, how do these guys turn this around? Like, it, it doesn't give you any confidence, right? Yeah, you can't it's go t- off – they've, they've, got, they've got a very young squad. That's the only advantage Wellington have. So they've, they've you got can't a, go off previous experiences because this is the only three games, and the only three games you've had, you've been touched up. Yeah. Let's roll on The the game fact for me Look, victory get their first win of the season After losing to to newcomers West United 1-0 And 2-0 to Sydney FC in the Big Blue So they're off and running But, um, you know, traditionally They find themselves at the top of the table somewhere So good to to get off the board Look, it's definitely three points they definitely needed But uh, for the champions though It wasn't convincing, was it? No, not at all So they've got a lot of work to do To get back to where they were last year One from three But, you know, they're, they're, they're not the team they were last year, or they haven't shown that yet. Well, they've got work to do. All right, and moving on to the last game uh, was Adelaide of the Sunday. It was Adelaide United versus Western United. Western United ran out 2-1 winners here, so a huge victory for the, the new girls uh, away to Adelaide. Uh, very hard place to go, and they've walked away 2-1 winners. For me, again, I know it might become a broken record, but you know, I give credit where credit's due. The player that I would just uh, open the wallet and start throwing the money at, I'll buy tickets for everyone to come and watch Sydney Cummings. She's a uh, she's fantastic player. Distribution is excellent. She leads from the back. She's great in a challenge. Throw in, she scored the equaliser. Uh, she's just a hell of a player. I hope she doesn't get the same nickname as uh, Jason. Yeah, either do I. I don't. I hope she doesn't either. But uh, she's a sensational player. Hence, they are top of the table and only conceded two goals in three games. And a big reason why they are so successful is Sydney Cummings. So, take a bow and uh, let's keep bringing more players like this into the uh, the women's A League. So the um, f- for me, the thing that they need to work on, the thing they need to learn from this, a lesson from this game is Adelaide must play until the final whistle. Leading one nil after a solid performance, they concede in the ninety first and ninety seventh. So that is a coach killer. They're playing World Cup stoppage time, are they? Oh, they? They are playing World Cup. I think uh, they get, it could catch on here. You have to go. You have a three o'clock A League game. It finishes at five forty-seven. That's how. <laughs> that's that's how it's going to go. So you got to tell people when you ever got a game. Now can't have any any early bookings. You have to book the table eight p.m. or later. So you can't even have back to back games at three, five, and seven. Like you got you got to spread them out like three hours in between. Hundred percent. So yeah, look. Unfortunately, like I said, you've put in ninety minutes and 90, 90 minutes of. Uh, an excellent performance normally gets you something out of the game, except when you're uh, Adelaide in this instance and you cop two late goals, 91st and 97th. So unfortunate for Adelaide, good game, uh, excellent win for Western United, but I think a lot of good positives for Adelaide. So not all is lost. They just need to bounce back again this week. And uh, the match fact for me is we just wishing Stacey Papadopoulos a speedy recovery. She crashed into the Adelaide opponent but came out second best, unfortunately for her. She was carded and then substituted, so was probably seeing stars that evening. But uh, get well soon, Stacey. Got a yellow card for that. Yeah, she did. Oh. Look, it's a bit harsh, I think. It was harsh, she did knock herself out. It wasn't It wasn't a great tackle. I don't know. It looked like she was kind of – she wasn't watching. She was watching the ball. She wasn't watching the player. But it was a, player, a tackle that could have hurt the Adelaide player. Unfortunately, it hurt herself, but uh, I don't think there was any malice in it. So, she, look, she got a yellow card, and I think that's the least of her worries. I think she just wants to make sure she can uh, she she can get her full health back and she can get back on the pitch for uh, for the table topping Western United. So, uh, that's the end of our uh, women's uh, wrap up. So, up after the break, we welcome to the player escape room Western United uh, new recruit Jacob Tratt. Catch you after the break. You're listening to the Football Revolution. 
Joining us now in the player escape room yeah. is a man who's had a league cha- who has an A League Champions Trophy and five A League jerseys in his pool room, but he's still only twenty eight. So please welcome to the show Western United's new recruit, Jacob Tratt. G'day, Jacob. Welcome to the show. Great to have you with us. Hey, yeah. Thank you very much for having me. Mate, how are you? I uh, I have to mention this straight off the bat. Uh, like I said, I know you're engaged and lots of things going on, but tell us about your dog. I have to ask. <laughs> I just want to get straight into it. Mate, I have to. Uh, my- so me, me and my missus, uh, when we moved to Perth, got a got a dog. Um, and I've always uh, idolised Cristiano Ronaldo, so I dropped it to her if I could name the dog Cristiano Ronaldo. And <laughs> next thing you know, boom, that's, that's his name. So... Uh, yeah, we actually kind of we don't even think about the the player anymore. That's just that's just him. Here, chuck him here. I'll put him on. It's fantastic. Here he is, the beautiful boy. Hi, CR Seven. Yeah, CR Seven. We actually one of the boys for Chris Kingle last year got me uh, some CR Seven boots for him. Amazing. So, big question then: A, are you a Man United fan? Yeah. And B, if you get another dog, what's what's the lucky name going to be for that one? It was either going to be Lionel Messi or Louis Hamilton. Okay. <laughs> oh, mate, yeah, I'm loving this, honestly. Anyway, look, let's get back to you, mate, and, and how things are going. Everything going well for you in uh, in Melbourne with Western United. Uh, as I said to you before, it's it's uh, it's you're a no-brainer when it comes to signing players because if you need to strengthen your squad, instead of signing four or five blokes, you just sign one, Jacob Tratt. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess, lucky to be able to sort of cover the, the whole back line. Um, as a, as a strength of mine, but I'm really enjoying my time here at Melbourne. Um, my missus as well, she's got family and stuff, and they're only 10 minutes away from where we're staying, so we're very lucky. We've got a good balance of life on and off the pitch, and um, the weather's actually been really good. Obviously, a lot of people talk about how miserable the weather is here, but we've actually had some beautiful days, and, yeah, just really enjoying life on and off the pitch, to be honest. Mate, I have to say this. If this was Football Monopoly, you'd be complete, right? You'd be the king. So you've got – you're adding Melbourne to Sydney, Adelaide, Perth, and New Zealand. So surely it's bingo or uno or something or you can start putting houses yeah. or, or – no, or, I've, got, I've, got, I've got one to go. If I tick, if I tick Brisbane off, then I've played at all the states possible. Oh, you do have so the rule. Sorry, you do have all the rule. Okay, so you are. So like I said, we're just preparing for that then. But uh, – Mate, I'm not sure many players can claim that on on their CV, but uh, okay, that if the Raw are listening, I think you're only signing year on year. So, um, t- 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 tell, tell, tell your tell your missus and Cristiano Ronaldo to pack their stuff because we might be going to sunny Queensland. Uh, unbelievable! I don't think they'd be too happy with that, to be honest. I think they uh, just want to sort of settle down. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens in the in the near future. All right, mate. We, you might have to look for a new agent, but anyway, we can talk about it another time. But, uh, mate, uh, you also had a, a season recently in India with Adisha. How was that experience for you? Uh, very different. Obviously, a new experience for me. It was four four months there. Um, well, obviously, it was during COVID, so uh, the bubble in the hotel literally for the four months. Uh, my fiance came with me, and she was unlucky in in the aspect they promised to the world of yoga classes and everything like that and cooking. Um, but unfortunately, she was literally in a luxury prison for four months. She couldn't use a pool, couldn't use a gym. So uh, it was tough. It was tough for the partners. But it was overall, I think, a, a really good experience. And I don't know, looking back on it, we actually, for what it was, really enjoyed it. And I think uh, talking to a few of the players that are there this year, it's a lot tougher, I think, uh, not being 
sort of in that kind of format, having to travel, uh, living on your own, food-wise, all that kind of stuff. So I think we are kind of lucky in an aspect as well. Mate, the good news for you is you learn more from the bad experiences than you do the good. So it sounds like you would have learned a hell of a lot from your trip to India, but uh, maybe maybe we look somewhere else, Asia or maybe Europe in, in the future moves if we can have another crack over, overseas. Yeah, I think um, obviously that that is the ideal goal. I think um, obviously going to India, you really appreciate what we have here in Australia. Obviously, being a sort of third world country, um, you see a lot of poverty and a, and a lot of, I guess, hardship over there. So what we have here in Australia really makes you appreciate uh, how lucky we actually are. Oh, we most certainly are. Mate, you've achieved a lot in your career and you're still in your prime. Do you still have some items on your fo- football bucket list before hanging up your boots? Uh, I loved, I'd love to, um, without putting too much expectation on myself, I'd love to go to a World Cup. Um, I'd love to go to obviously the 2026 World Cup, but um, at the same time, I'm, I just really want to enjoy my football. I think that's a big priority for me um, is to sort of enjoy life and enjoy my football. And it sort of goes hand in hand with performances as well. If you can sort of have that kind of mentality, I feel like you can. it makes it easier to, to perform well as well. Yeah, mate. And definitely, uh, if I had a choice of going to Qatar or going to Canada, Mexico and America, it's a no-brainer, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Try and time it right. All right get, we'll, to the, get to the, the good one. Mate, we'll start getting Western to work you a bit harder, mate, so that you're ready for four years' time. But uh, yeah. speaking of Western United, you are the champions and you have a lot of quality in your squad, uh, but you've come out the blocks a little bit slow. Has the break been good for the team? I think so. I think... Um, we obviously had a few injuries as well, so we've got a lot of uh, experienced players coming back, like uh, Tomoki Imai, um, even Tongo as well. So uh, we should have pretty much a full-strength squad uh, back for available for the Perth game. Um, unfortunately, uh, Stevie Lustiger had a little injury, um, so he'll be out for, I think, a, a couple of weeks to maybe a couple of months. So... Um, fingers crossed the, the rehab goes well there and then yeah we should have pretty much full full strength squad to to pick from oh, we wish him all the best I've had uh, Stephen Yugarkovich his cousin on uh, about two weeks ago and uh, he speaks very highly of him I know he's a great guy so we, uh, we wish him all the best mate what has impressed you most about the new club um, and what do they do better than any of the others so you've played it you know all the setups excluding uh, Queensland as we highlighted earlier what do they do better than anybody else uh, I think the, the facilities are first class, like from the, the change room, the pitch, the gym, the recovery, everything is, I guess, because we share it with uh, Essendon, um, yeah, the, the facilities are first class. The way the clubs run, I think they've really got the best people sort of looking after the club and um, everything's done with, a lot of attention to detail. Um, we get food after majority of training sessions. Um, and then obviously the detail with video analysis after training is always footage of training. Um, so there's a lot of, a lot of detail in, in the work that they do. And I, I believe that in, in the, the time coming forward, we should really start to hopefully pick up points and, and move up the ladder as well. Cause the work that's going on behind the scenes obviously is, is why they were champions last year. Mate, I was fortunate enough in the uh, pre-season to come down and, and Lucy showed me all around the hangar and even though I'm a big Hawks man, not a bomber, the facilities for fa- were fantastic. So I know exactly what you're talking about and it gives you guys every opportunity to be able to uh, deliver and, and uh, defend your title. 
Yeah, definitely. I think uh, obviously I've played at a few clubs and, and there's usually maybe one or two areas that are good and one or two areas that can improve. Um, but yeah, at Western United, the facilities in all aspects are, are top class. So there's no real excuses for uh, lack of performance, to be honest. Mate, as we've said, you know, we've, we've, this is like a break. You've played at a number of clubs and uh, I know you're well liked at all the clubs you've been at. Is there one player at any of the A-League clubs that you wish you could have taken with you? So if you could, every time you sign somewhere, there was a guy that just it was a two for one. Uh, yeah, there... I got me, I got me, mate. That'd be Kemi Devlin. Oh, yeah, absolute yeah, quality. No. Superstar. Yeah, I had him obviously uh, at Sydney and uh, we used to carpool to, to training all the time and he was my little sidekick. So if I could sort of have a two-for-one package with Kemi, I'd, I'd do that. But there, in saying that, there's a lot of other boys that I could say the same thing, but I'd say he'd, he'd be my number one. Yeah, mate, like I said, there's there's always friends of the show that I always wish well, but he's one of the guys that I just absolutely, uh, uh, you know, so excited for that he's having great success. And who knows, maybe when he watches this, he can speak to Hearts and see if they'll take a two-for-one. You only signed on a one-year deal, so maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe, it re- hey, they, maybe it works out. They've reverse. recruited a few Australians already. I think, I think, I think Kemi would he'd be, he'd be having enough as he's there, to be fair. I think he... Uh, I think he'll enjoy what he's got there at the moment, to be honest. Mate, I think maybe at the end of the season they'll be looking at changing their logo to have a heart with a kangaroo on it. I think the way you're going. Could <laughs> <laughs> be spot on there. Old, old Scottish Premier League's going that way, isn't it? Most certainly is. Mate, talking of Cam Devlin, so a break in the A-League men's fixtures has probably given the players a rare chance to uh, relax and enjoy the World Cup. You have a lot of former teammates, as we said, Devlin, and you've got Redmayne and, Good- and Goodwin and Tilio and co. in guitar. What have you made of the Socceroos so far? and uh, the tournament to date? Uh, I think, obviously, um, the first game against France is is a tough one. Like, it wasn't our best performance, obviously, but in saying that, I actually believe France are the top pick to, to win the World Cup, to be honest. They've got unbelievable players all over the park, and I think uh, they're going to be a real shot, shot to win it. Um, and then, obviously... After all the the criticism and the expectation on the Tunisia game, I think the boys really stepped up and the performance was was really good. And uh, hopefully tomorrow morning for us, and obviously in the night for them, we can uh, get a get a result against Denmark because I think that'll put Australian football in a really good stead. And hopefully uh, in the years to come, sort of attract more more footballers for the the younger generation. It also is a better platform for you going to the 2026 World Cup, right? Having a team that made the knockout stage. So uh, bet, oh, oh, everyone wins. But, uh, yeah. mate, what, what, do you think we'll need a, a win to get through the next stage? Or do you, do you feel that uh, the way that France are going, they'll take care of Tunisia and we'll get through basically as long as we don't lose? Yeah, I think I think mainly um, there was talk that France would play their, their second team, but I still think their second team has world-class players as well. So... And they, their mentality would probably be going into that game with, I want to show that what I can do and, and why I should be playing um, in, the, in the games coming up. So I think France will get a result. And if we can either get a, a draw or a win, then uh, I reckon we'll go through. So France is your pick, even though you, your heart's saying you'd love to see the Socceroos go all the way. We have to be realistic sometimes. So yeah. you, you think uh, that the French are the ones that are going to hold the trophy aloft for the second time? Yeah, I think so. I uh, I yeah, just watching them and and the players that they got. I think Mbappe is performing at a very high level at the moment, and sometimes you just need that bit of X factor that can can create something out of nothing. And uh, defensively, they they seem pretty solid as well. So 
they're, they're my pick for the yeah. 2022 World Cup. Mate, it's, it's just strange to say, right? You, you lose one of the most expensive players in the world before kickoff Pogba, then you lose the Ballon d'Or winner in Benza, Benzema, and you're still talking about a team that can go all the way. So it goes to show the depth that they have, and it is very scary, but uh, we'll know in a few weeks. But, uh, mate, look, I've taken it easy on you. I'm ready to fire things up a bit and put you to the test. So um, the first game I like to play with my guests is called Six Aside, where I'll uh, ask you six questions comparing you and your Western uh, United teammates. You ready to roll? Let's rock and roll. Who is funnier, you or Lachlan Wales? I have to give it to Lockie Wales, to be fair. My missus don't, doesn't laugh at me jokes, and uh, Lockie Wales has got a good bit of crack about him. Mate, but you look good, so that's you don't have to be funny. <laughs> right? you, can't, you can't be the best at everything, right? Yeah, it depends who I'm hanging out with. <laughs> some people will get around me, some people, yeah, I just laugh at them and, and pick their spirits up. All right, I like that. Who sucks up to the coach more, you or Connor Payne? Oh, that's a hard one. Like, no, it's not. It's really easy. I don't, I don't feel like, obviously, Payne doesn't suck up at all, but I don't feel I suck up that much either. But obviously, I'll give it to me because Connor doesn't suck up at all, but no, I don't feel I Well, tell me then. Much. Take Connor Payne and uh, Jacob Trout out. Who does? Give me initials, anything, a number. Just hold up some fingers. I, I don't mind. I'll take anything. Suck up. Yeah, is there someone that just goes that little bit of extra mile? And it's, like I said, he's still probably a good mate, but you just think to yourself, mate, you don't have to go that far, right? They're still going to play you or not play you. It's not going to matter if you go and buy the coach a coffee or, you know, bring him down some muffins that he cooked yesterday or... Yeah, I don't know, to be fair. I don't feel like anyone's too much like that. You're not going to stitch anyone. All right, I'm moving on to the next one. I know, you, <laughs> I know, I know you're not going to do I, that. I actually don't think, like, there's not really too much of a suck-up, to be fair. All right. Who's the better roommate, you or Ben Garuccio? I don't. I have a room with Benny, but I'm going to go me. I actually reckon I'm a top roommate. I'll I'll stick around for you, like wait for you to go to, to breakfast and stuff like that. So uh, I'm going to chuck me. I mean, I, I room with Wednesday, so Wednesday's or, 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 or killer. Oh, I love Wednesday. I had Brecky with him when I was down in the preseason, and he's just a, a great lad. So, mate, if he's happy to hang out with you, then I, I that's my tick. That's seal of approval. Yeah, I think he. I think he requested me, so I'll uh, I'll take that. <laughs> Okay. Who takes longer in the shower, you or Josh Risden? Me, 100%. Washing, actually, washing your beard, washing your hair, what, what takes that long? I probably have three showers a day and I reckon probably 20 minutes a shower. Mate, who's paying for the hot water at Western United? Yeah, I know. I actually try and get a bit extra at Western United when I'm there just to, to ring it up. But I still even do, do this here. First thing in the shower in the morning, probably, yeah, I reckon about 15 minutes. And then at night time before bed, I have a shower as well and, yeah, it looks like I'm paying a bit of uh, water bills at the end of the month. Mate, I'm going to tell your fiance when you play at Sydney, because I've heard the showers are ridiculous, tell her to wait for four hours. Tell her to go get some dinner or something and meet you back at the stadium after the game, because from what I'm hearing, you'll be in there for a long, long time. Oh, is this at the new stadium? Oh, yeah, it's supposed to be off the charts. Yeah, it's supposed to be. It's like, a, <laughs> it's like, a, it's like some five-star hotel or something. So, um, yeah, I've been told that it is absolutely amazing. And even if you're not someone that likes a shower, you're staying in there longer than usual. The average is yeah, definitely well, up. To be fair, it's my favourite thing to do. We, uh, we went on holidays the other day to see his mum's place in um, the Phillip Island. She had an outdoor shower just overlooking her garden. So I was out there for about half an hour just chilling. <laughs> I would be too. That's amazing. <laughs> All right, so it's good you have had a bit of a recharge before we uh, we go back into battle for the uh, for, for to defend your, your back to back title. Yeah, it was good. We we had three days off, and um, it was good for me and my missus to obviously get away for a little bit, uh, just freshen up. We just went down, 
uh, spend a bit of time by the by the water and uh, I don't know, just relax to be honest. But it was really nice and obviously ready to kick on from for the rest of the season. Mate, there's another positive about playing the World Cup in uh, November, but uh, enough of that. Uh, who is more likely to offer to drop one of the young lads home or help pick up the gear? You or James Truisi? Me. Okay. Uh, I- Jimmy, Jimmy's in and out pretty quick, to be fair, so I reckon I'll be the one to, to stick around, pick up the gear and, and drop the boys home, to be honest. Mate, considering you're telling me that you wait for your roommate to go and have breakfast and all this sort of stuff, if I'd known that beforehand, I would have probably thrown a tougher a tougher challenge at you, <laughs> but I, I would have said that's a no, but I don't reckon there's anyone else in there that's going to go the mile that you have, considering you do all these nice things for people. Yeah, I reckon I'm, I'm a bit of a cash, to be fair, as a roommate, so... <laughs> all right. <laughs> All right, and uh, who is more likely to pick up the bill, you or Alexander Prijevic? 100% Alexander Prijevic. We uh, we went out after the, the Wellington game the other night and he was buying shots of uh, tequila and I think he ended up spending over, over a grand in just shots within half an hour. So I can only imagine how much the end of the night ended up costing. But, uh, yeah, kudos to him. I don't have that kind of money that he has. Mate, all he had to do was just get one person to go on and press one thing online saying clear gold Amex card. That's all he had to do, right? Or black or whatever. <laughs> that's, that's all he had to So it is nice that he's generous. But, yeah, like I said, if you have it, spend it. But usually sometimes they have the money because they don't spend it. So it's actually really nice and refreshing that he actually does uh, pull out the cash. Yeah, unbelievable. Bravo the to Pavic. Boys love it. All right, mate. Mate, and as a bonus one, tell us one thing you know you're much better at than a teammate. So free hit here. Just something in you, as soon as you walked into Western United, it's like, I got that sucker. Uh, as a razz-up or actual legitness? No, either way, I don't mind. Let's just say I'm better at uh, two-touch than killer. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Mate, he, he, I, I'm turning my phone. I'm going to block his, his calls now, 100%. <laughs> I'm going to go straight to my phone now and block block his calls because he's going he's gonna to blame yeah, me for this. He won't blame you. He'll yeah. blame me. <laughs> well, at least he's getting on to you. I don't want to put up with the uh, the drama of it. <laughs> All right, mate, you've uh, passed that with flying colours. Let's get into our second game, which is two touch. I'll give you a, a word or a couple of words, and you just tell me whatever pops into your head uh, in two words. What your thoughts are on that topic? I've done sushi. Yummy. Okay. Do you uh, do you eat it often? Is that your go to? Is that you and your fiance's go to dish, or is this something you prefer? Ah. Uh... She actually, she, she went off it for a bit. We actually used to eat it quite a bit and then uh, she got, uh, what is it, food poisoning and, and since then has been a bit off it. So we haven't been eating too much of it, but we still love our like our Japanese food. Um, I'll still, I'd still eat it on regular occasions. So I still love me salmon and avocado rolls and stuff like that. Mate, I need to start. She's had bad experiences in India now. She's had bad experiences. I've got to start finding you some good restaurants, mate. Like like I said, there's a lot of good qualities you got, but you're not doing enough searching on the best restaurants and how to not get sick, right? So leave that to me. All right, you, you, you sort me out. I tried to get, take it to a restaurant the other night. I did book the table, so we couldn't get in. <laughs> okay. no, I'm, not doing, I'm not doing too well, to be honest. Oh, all right, mate. Leave it with me. John Aloisi. Good coach. Okay. Where does he rank without... Uh, Without putting too much pressure on, is he up the top end? Uh, and like, I may affect how much game time you get for the rest of the year, but uh, is he right up there with the best coaches you've had? I think so. I think um, obviously I've had uh, Graham Arnold, Tony Popovich, um, even Carl. Honestly, I, I'm, I feel like I've been very lucky with the coaches that I've had, and I've learned obviously a lot. Um, but each obviously has their own 
way they go about about things. And I think um, John's up there with one of the best. The, the detail and stuff that him and Foxy go in together, um, I think is obviously a big credit to them and, and why they won the, the championship last year. Mate, have a look at it. Like I said, it's great for you to say you've had all these great coaches, but you notice all these great coaches keep picking you. Isn't that, uh, isn't that sending you a message? <laughs> I'd like to think so, but... Mate, uh, keep, you keep finding them. I don't know. This is happening time and time and time again. Every time a good coach is doing a good job, they go and find you. So uh, I think that's uh, kudos to you. But uh, do you think next step for someone like him, and, and like I said, for Western United fans, they don't want to hear this and not in the near future anyway, but do you, do you see him as either having a crack in Europe or maybe even the Socceroos job? Yeah, I think so. I think um, obviously you can see now a lot of, uh, Australian coaches are, are progressing to overseas and actually having a, a lot of success, obviously, with uh, Ange and Kevin Musket and all those kind of people. And I think, uh, I hope uh, Paddy Kiznorbo does well over in, in France. And I don't know, I think uh, we're, we're starting to develop a lot of coaches here in Australia and hopefully it can sort of continue to produce and um, get their chance overseas because I think, uh, I think uh, the way... Australian football is developing. Um, yeah, I think we'll continue to progress and hopefully that can sort of reflect in the World Cups coming up as well. I think you're spot on there because, you know, the players have obviously been pretty vocal about the fact that they don't think that the A-League gets enough respect over in world football. Truth of the matter is, right, you, okay, there's some games here you watch and you think to yourself, I, I, you know, I wish I hadn't watched that game, but you go and watch Premier League or La Liga and you watch two teams down the bottom of the table and there's no big teams there. It's not a great game. So it happens everywhere, right? You can't – there's no – other than the Champions League and even sometimes they're one-sided, it's very hard to get a balance, you know, through every fixture throughout the season. So I, I'm with you, mate. I think the way that the coaches are heading now and we're starting to get that respect, hopefully, like I said, it, it can just mean that the A-League goes on in leaps and bounds and allows players to stay here longer before they go and have a crack overseas because that's just inevitable, right? You want to go and test yourself and no matter what sport you're playing, whether you're playing basketball here and you want to try at the NBA, you always want to try the highest level you can, but it's still a really good gig here and a really good opportunity for us to take the game to another level. Yeah, 100% agree. And I think, like, even you're seeing this year with the World Cup, there's a, a, a fair few players from, from the A-League. So it's, it's not as if uh, you don't have an opportunity to progress from, from here, but at the same time, like you said, everyone wants to, to push themselves as far as they can go. And if that an opportunity comes for, for overseas, I think uh, coaches and players are, are more than likely to, to have a crack. Camping. Love it. Okay. How often do like you go? Day, but I, I need to do it a certain way. I'm pretty – what's the word? I can tell you the word. Glamping. Yeah, that's the word you're looking for. When you say- I've, been, I've been glamping. Been <laughs> yeah, glamping. That's what you were and looking for. Uh, me and my missus went uh, up the West Coast uh, in just like a, in a van, but – the first time we did it, we did it in a van costing 40 bucks a night and it was too small and it just wasn't luxurious for me. And after a week, I was like, I need to get in a hotel. And then uh, the second time around, we got a, a nice big Apollo van and it was so much better. The Obviously, a bit more luxury and so luxury camping, I'd say, yes. Mate, what I think you need to do is you need to get in Previch's ear and see if you can borrow his card. And that way you can really impress the missus, right? You can get some fancy, <laughs> fancy big thing that can fit, you know, people in, nice kitchen, everything. So, uh, you know what? I might even send him a, a DM message and just say to him, mate, any chance you can help uh, Jacob out? He talked you up on the show, so maybe you can help him out. Yeah, I just want to – well, we want to do the uh, Darwin to, to Broome next. So if we can sort out 
sort us out with a van from there. Send me the details. I'll take care yeah, of it. Happy days. Karaoke. Suck. I suck. You do? Okay, yeah, why? No dev. No dev. Mate, I don't think I've found one player that says they can actually sing. If you were asking other sports, they'd be saying I'm the best and then you'd hear them and the cats would be... Oh, uh, Lockie Brooks got a, a really nice voice, actually. Yeah, I've heard that. I have heard. He, he When I spoke to him, he did say that... Uh, he didn't tell me, but he said a lot of players have said he's got uh, the sweet tones uh, in, in his voice. So, all right, so yeah. you're no good at all. You can... Um, Stevie Taylor, no way. He's all right. Stevie Taylor's not bad, actually, as well. He's uh yeah he's got a little YouTube video. What's the song that we sing? Hero. Hero. Okay. Not not too bad actually. So, but Lockie Brook, uh yeah he's he's got that kind of voice that can uh, I don't know what the word is but. Mate, the sad thing is that because you are changing teams from year to year, you do a lot of initiation. So these guys have to listen to your poor singing. You think practice makes perfect? You think you get good at it now, wouldn't you? Yeah, to be fair, I, I kind of know the songs that I don't actually have to hold a note too much. I kind of <laughs> like whip out those songs that it's either sort of talking or, or a little bit of even rap, to be fair. Okay, it could be a Dia Looper song then. Maybe that's the way we go in the future. Uh, Shut Up by Black Eyed Peas, more like it, is, it okay. was me going through. Okay, lock it in. <laughs> Golf. Love it. Okay. Hey, it's actually my, my, what do you say? It's me go-to for, like, if I just want to, if I have a day off and I can go play around the golf, I'm more than likely out in the golf course. Mate, I'm sitting there saying, please be careful with your fiancé sitting next to you. Don't say it's my favourite thing in the world. or so. I'm sitting there playing, <laughs> saying, please, please be very careful and choose your words wisely. So it was a good save, mate, very good save, because I didn't want to have to bail you out. Yeah, it's a, it's a fine balance between <laughs> golf and, and and the love that we do. No, it's not. Not even close, mate. It's a distant second golf, but are you good? What's your handicap? <laughs> Uh, handicap, no good. Uh, I'd say about 23. Okay, but we know one thing for sure is your golf's better than your singing. Yeah, you can lock that in. All right, away games. And me, and me handicap, I feel like, is on the way down as well. All right, we'll keep practising, mate. You've had a bit of time off here and, and uh, maybe you can get you know a couple of strokes off, but uh, away games. Enjoy it. What's your favourite one? Based on crowd or just facilities or... You've got family there or friends. Who do you enjoy going and playing against the most? Uh, obviously, I don't mind going back to Sydney because i got I got family and that there. Um, even Brisbane, I've got uh, my best mate and that up there that like, like to come to the games. Uh, atmosphere, I like um, Cooper Stadium. I think they, they've always got a good crowd there, obviously, even playing there last year. So, uh, sort of happy wherever, to be honest. So, and obviously, uh, a lot of the games that are away – like for a long distance, I've, I've played at that, those clubs. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to, to play wherever, to be honest. Mate, you haven't really locked one in, so I'm going to say Old Trafford. All right, we'll take that. You happy with that yeah, one? Yeah, I'll lock that one in then. <laughs> All right. I'd love to play. Yeah. <laughs> mate, I don't know. Maybe, like I said, you've still got a few plenty of years left, and uh, who knows, mate? you just got to keep working hard. That's what I tell my son, and uh, who knows what opportunities you may get. Yeah, exactly right. You, you honestly never know what's around the corner, so... Uh, and I've obviously been lucky enough to, to verse Manchester United at Optus Stadium. So, like I said, anything can anything can happen. Alessandro Diamante, or Diamagic, as I like to call him. Yeah, well, Magic is spot on right there. There's just the vision and, and the quality that he has to find and execute passes. Is uh, it, it reminds me a bit of uh, Del Piero a little bit, to be honest. It's just one of those players that you can knock the ball into and 
whether it's a bad pass, or whatever, he somehow is able to find a pass forward a lot of the time. So, um, yeah, a lot of quality there. Mate, you've played with a lot of great players, and like I said, uh, you've played with the Ninkoviches and all these sorts of guys. Where does he rate in the A-League? So, um, you know, for me, I've never seen a, a player in the A-League pass a ball or have the vision that he has, as good as the players are here. Where does he rank and what does he do for the club? What does he bring to Western United? Uh, he's obviously got an unbelievable personality in and around the change room and obviously on the pitch. And um, you can tell even in the or the game, pre-season games and um, even like the game yesterday, he just brings that experience. The mentality, even at his age, is still like he just, he loves the game. I think that's a, a big one as well. Like he just has a big passion, passion for the game. And um, that in accordance with his, with his qualities, uh, a reason why he's had such a, a good career. I, I love Diamante. The only thing I wish he did differently was he, if he did some posts in English because I'm Italian background, but my Italian is absolute rubbish. I just wish occasionally he'd, he'd do a couple of little videos where he spoke in English so I understood what he was saying. Can yeah, you, can you have well, a word to him for to me? Fair, his English isn't too bad, but even sometimes he'll talk to me and uh, I'll be there looking at him going, like what are you what are you saying to me? I can't I can't understand what you <laughs> what you're trying to say, mate. I've got to I've got to try and find you some good restaurants and these sorts of things. So at least in return, all you can do is just go and speak to him and ask him just a couple one post a week. It's not too much to ask, is it? Yeah, I'll get him trying to speak in English for you so you can uh, understand him then. Thanks, mate. And last <laughs> one, remembering special occasions, so birthdays, anniversaries. Uh no, uh not not good, not not great. Okay, what's the last thing that you missed that uh, it basically could have been, uh, you know, off with his head? Uh, well, I was lucky enough, me and the missus both forgot our anniversary, so I wasn't in the doghouse there because she forgot as well. So. <laughs> she, she was just testing you, mate. She said that not to make you feel bad on your anniversary. She didn't, yeah, she didn't forget. <laughs> Did you actually buy that one? That's not true. Yeah, well, uh, hey, if, if it comes in a day later, then... I reckon we have both forgotten. I'll take it. I got in trouble this year for forgetting, but she told me the day before. So I still had a day to recover and I still got hung. Oh, that's bad from you. Yeah, it was poor form, wasn't it? I know yeah. I, I'm a bit rich here giving you a hard time when uh, I got in trouble, but I, like I said, mine was... I a- didn't even get a reminder. <laughs> okay. Maybe there's an app we can work on. Yeah, I can. Yeah, not... not- put in the day of reminders, birthdays, everything. Yeah, but I don't want them to come up and say, hey, idiot, you forgot the anniversary. I want them to go online, book the present, send it to me so I get someone from Amazon rock up and here's my present, and that way they've saved me. They haven't just told me, hey, you've missed the day. That's no use to me. Yeah, actually not a bad shout, to be fair. Then that way it's a win-win. You got the you got the remembrance and you got the gift there ready to go. Mate, we can get this up and running because you've, you've been at all the teams by Queensland, so we've got, we've got people in all, each of the states. We could have this up and running by the <laughs> end of the week. <laughs> i got connections everywhere. Unbelievable. I know you have. All right, mate, I know you're a busy man. I know you've got plenty on, but, uh, mate, I wish you all the best uh, when the A-League continues with Western United and you, and you climb up the table. I hope your, your golf handicap uh, gets lowered. I'll, I'll start working on trying to find you uh, not only some good places to eat, but also see if uh, Previch will pick up the tab for your next uh, caravan trip. But, uh, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Enjoy the rest of the World Cup, and I'll touch base with you later on in the season. Thank you very much, Jay. It's been a pleasure. You're listening to the Football Revolution. Welcome back to the show. It was fantastic uh, chatting with Jacob Tratt, and uh, we appreciate uh, also getting to meet uh, CR7, his dog, Cristiano Ronaldo. But uh, 
Now, up now, we have our World Cup review featuring our Peely Awards. So, my interesting facts from the tournament this week. You ready for those? I know you like them and the listeners like that last week. Let's go. My favourite was the USA fielded the youngest starting 11, average age 24 at the tournament in the game against Iran, and in the process reached, reached the knockout uh, phase for the first time since 2014, but that was the end of their journey, losing to Netherlands 3-1 in the round of 16, but still great signs for the future for the uh, US of A. Yeah, huge, and and to have a squad that young um, with with such depth as well, um, they, they 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 did phenomenally well to to get out of that group with with England, Wales, and Iran, and then they they put up a good fight against the Netherlands. Like they could have gone up one 0 early. I think Pulisic had a had a great chance. Um, God, he played well, didn't he? he? He's he's a, he's a he's a class player, and and he, and that's a player that hasn't been playing that much for his club side. So imagine if he was at a club where he was you know in peak form and and fitness and. And and playing week in week out, what he what he could have done, but he's he's always he's been a talent, he's been a huge talent. That's why he was at Dortmund. That's why Chelsea signed him. Um, but uh, it might be time for him to to move on to another club now and and really shine and, and be the star of the club. Yeah, look, I think with uh, with Christian, you know, if you're not starting, sometimes it's just part of football. But I don't think Chelsea have treated him very well. I think there's a lot of players at the moment that Chelsea haven't treated no, very he, well. There's been a lot of turmoil at the club, and. Players, welfare, players, you know, I suppose doing the right thing by the players needs to be paramount and, and f- at right at the top of the list. But I, I just think at the moment for Chelsea it's a business, right, and the players just have to just follow suit. But I, I don't think they've treated the players very well and I'm hoping that uh, they can sort that out soon or if they can't, just let those players go. Yeah, look, he, he's got. I think he's got to move on. If he's if he's not being treated well and, and, and a club like Chelsea are renowned for doing that with, with some players, just throwing them or just kicking them to the side and... And letting them sort of rot away. So, if he's in that position, I think he should move on. I think he's got to go to somewhere else. If not in January, definitely at the end of the season, because he's going to be, um, you know, he's going to be there for for USA at the next World Cup, twenty twenty six. It's a home World Cup for them. They want to be in, in, you know, at their peak. They want all their players at their peak. But they've got a phenomenal squad. They've got Gio Reyna on the bench. Uh, their, their midfield: Weston McKinney at, at Juventus, Tyler Adams at Leeds, uh, Eunice Musa. I thought was phenomenal. Uh, he's at Valencia at the moment, and and up top, I think they're just missing a real number nine, just a, a real goal scorer. But apart from that, they were, they were pretty solid, and and maybe for me, hopefully, they get two young uh, centre backs coming through. Yeah, look, I think uh, it makes sense for Chelsea to try and hold on to him, considering they've got uh, American owners now, and he's one of America's best, if not his, their best player. Maybe he's holding out to stay and play for the London Broncos, but uh, <laughs> only time will will tell. The uh, Vincent Abubakar scored the late winner against the Samba Kings. Uh, he's red carded, second yellow for taking off his shirt. The referee did such a nice, nice thing. He went over and touched him on the head and said, "I have no choice. Unfortunately, I have to send you off." Stupid rule. I know it came in in two thousand and fourteen, but they're saying it's disrespectful. It's this and that. Well, uh, if you if score, you score against a goal, Brazil you should and be it's a winning goal, should be able to take your pants off, shouldn't you? Oh, I'm with you. I'm starting honestly. to think well, you can do your laundry, take everything off, undies, socks, pants, everything, oh, just honest, throw them on the wash. Honestly, if I scored a goal against Brazil, the winner, oh, I'd be, I'd be starkers. But can you really, can you, you can you really though try and put yourself in the shoes of a player like that who's just scored? He's come from, oh. he's an African background, right? Who knows how what his upbringing was, right? And he goes and scores a winning goal against five time, four time, whatever they are, world, world, world champions, you know, Brazil. Can you not get a little bit excited and celebrate? Yeah, look, I, I think it's a stupid rule. I think the shirt off. I, it, they, I think they brought that rule in because it obviously wasted so much time. Players taking their shirt off, throwing it around. But they're paying thirty minutes of on. injury time. I, I know, now, I know. Anyway. It's, it's ridiculous. Honestly, it's it's a stupid. It's just a stupid rule. Like you, just should, put you a, should be able to celebrate whatever way. Put you on want. a five sec, a five minute cycle. Throw your clothes in. 
then take them back out and then put them back on again. They've, they've, these players, they've got five shirts anyway, so one comes off. And there should just be someone there waiting with the new one. Or just you wear just, double shirts. Yeah. Is that just cool? If you've still got one on, does that mean that you're okay? Oh, I don't you're know. Still wearing Probably, one, yeah, if you've got one underneath, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> so maybe, maybe we can just bring out the singlets in the team's gear, and that way they've at least got a single on. Does that count? Sleeveless? No, 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 I think that's yellow. But but maybe they keep the the long sleeve underneath, and and then it's like a singlet top on top. They just rip the singlet off and throw it away. Yeah, look, I, I, did, I, I did really love the referee though the way he did it because he could have gone over there and just like a I suppose a traffic cop, you know, like a, a parking meter. They come over with the big ego and say, oh, instead of saying, look, I'm really sorry, you know, I have to find you because that's the rules and that's my job. They come over like their big hero. I love the way that the referee did that. So hats off to you, my friend. Pat on the back, handshake, and he said, look, mate, I've got no choice. Yeah, but, but there you go. I, I, won't, I won't get a, a round of 16 game if I don't send you off here. Uh, so former England captain David Beckham is so excited by the three Lions performances that he's posting videos of him hitting high notes and singing Christmas carols. Will he join the next Spice Girls reunion? So uh, Posh thought his voice was quite good. I thought it was probably better than mine, but it's not recordable. Is he getting a bit carried away, Sir David Beckham? He's is he, sir? Way, sir David, he's getting yeah. way, way carried away, if that makes sense. Um, if they win it, what's, honestly, what's Golden Ball's going to do if they win it? I don't know, but honestly, David <laughs> Beckham could still play for this team, I reckon. You reckon? Yeah, hands down, easily. Yeah, where would you play him, though? In midfield, somewhere, I don't what know. What about centre-back? Yeah, you could have him as centre-back, right-back, just whipping balls in. Yeah, I reckon he's quality. I don't know, he's, he's quality, he could still play, I reckon. All right, Garner's Mo Kudus, and he was some player in this tournament. He's one of the players that's really shone and his value's gone through the roof. So his winner against South Korea was amazing for him and the team, but won't feature in his teammate Anaki Williams' highlight reel as his huge miss kick provided the assist. So I don't know if you saw it, the ball came across. He lined it up thinking, I'm going to run to the crowd here. He was probably thinking, I'm going to take my shirt off and cop a yellow as well. Only thing was, he got about 5% contact on the ball. He sliced it. If it was golf, you would have been calling out four to everyone on the whole course. And, uh, yeah, he's given an absolute uh, – he's probably claimed an assist here to Kudus, and Kudus has said, thank you very much, I'll score another goal. But, uh, yeah, it was for him, right on the world stage, at, if some people's players – if Kudus's value is going up, I think he might have dropped a couple of zeros off. I think he might have passed it to his mate. Uh, look, <laughs> look, he's, he's got one more uh, World Cup assist than you and I, so we'll, we'll just uh, – we'll cut it there, won't we? Yeah, mate, that's true. Polish keeper, Szczesny, we've, he, he features in a lot of our awards, but uh, this time it's uh, – he bet Messi 100 euros that the penalty in the game wouldn't be given, telling everyone that he made the bet. I don't know why he did that. Then in, that he doesn't care that he said it and that he lost and he still won't be paying Messi. What's going on? Why did he come out and tell anyone? Why don't you just keep it to yourself? <laughs> What was the point of it? Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand either. If he comes out now and he's bet 365 or bet fair or something, that will make sense why he's gone and said it. But he said, I wouldn't be surprised if they suspended me here or I got fined or something because I shouldn't be betting on this. But the thing is... Maybe he was betting on it and he's covered it up and now he's, you know... Someone check his accounts. It's true, but the other thing is, if he's saying here now... I'll tell you you who could check his accounts. My wife. She's good at that. Okay, it's good. (laughs) All right, we'll we'll give Danielle a call and see if she can check in. The thing is, too, I know he's making out here that uh, I didn't pay the bets, which means I didn't do illegal gambling, but all it shows me here is you're not a man of your word because you promised the 100 and you didn't pay it. Didn't pay. Yeah, you're a dog. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so... um, on our group predictions, we decided we'd give three points if we picked both group qualifiers and one point if we picked either. Neither of us picked both teams in any group in, in, in any of the groups. None of them. No, we didn't. Neither Disaster. Us got, neither of us got a double header. So I think in theory, I think we talked ourselves out of it. When I listened back to it, I think we were saying we like Japan, we like Morocco, we like Argentina, we like this, and then we end up going for some some out there odd bods. So unfortunately, I think we still have some football ability, but unfortunately uh, the final score was 8-7 to me based on our point system. Um, 
you picking Belgium and Canada in Group F gave you a duck egg, which yeah. gave me that slight advantage. So I, I ran out one point winners, eight seven. But uh, you can still have the finalists. You picked up. Uh, you picked Spain and Brazil. But I can't as I pick Belgium and Brazil after jumping off Argentina. So I don't know why when that was the difference between me winning the groups that I've gone and said, I think Belgium can make it through to the final when they've got a grandpa squad. I don't know what I was thinking. Maybe I was having an off night. Who knows? But uh, all I know is that uh, Canada's coach effed me. <laughs> all right. So um, so what, what, what are we going to give you? So if you can, if you get the two finalists, is it five points each? Well, and then you, if you, you get can't, the winner, you can't get them. So if you get no, if you get to no, because you can get two finals, so you can get five points for either right. either and team. And then I can sort of I, I, I mean can you get, overtake you. And you give ten for the winner. So right. what I need here is I need Brazil, and if Brazil goes through, whether they win or not, then I beat you because I still got one point ahead of you. But if uh, you if, if you get the, Spain, if, I get both of them. if you get Spain, all I'm right. done. Yeah, all right. All right. So um, this week's Peerly Awards is our spin on the 1995 American comedy Kicking and Screaming, starring Will Ferrell and Robert Duvall. You know the drill. So if you want to see more of the video explaining more on the full video show, we'll uh, we'll give you that. So we've got a couple of cool snippets, and I might throw a few extras in this week for a little bit of extra value. Uh, in last week's awards, the listeners voted, and Team Geo was awarded a narrow three-two win. Something going on there, I reckon. Well, there might be. But, look, the people have spoken. The people have spoken. So you get the win, mate. You've got a chance to redeem. That's the way it goes. You've got a chance to redeem yourself this week. Uh, there's the five awards, as we said. We are going to bring in the double play, double day. So you can use two nominations for one award if you think you don't have enough firepower, or you think you're desperate, and this might be the difference between you getting the victory or not. You can throw it down. You only get one. So choose it wisely. Before we kick it off, last week we had a coin. I don't know if I got any coins. I thought I think I saw a guy busking well, today. I went, I I went first last week, yeah. So you're let me oh, go I'll first? let you go first this week. All right. Gentlemen, I am. Beautiful. All right, so the first award is our best goal, the double Ronnie. For me, uh, there was a couple of really serious contenders, uh, but the one that I'm going to go with is the usual suspects take the night off. And so instead, up steps Casemiro to break Swiss hearts with a half volley that the great Federer would be proud of. So sweetly struck. And usually that would be the winner with eight minutes to go, but with guitar time, there was still like 25 or odd still to go. So that probably wrecked the beautiful scenario of saying it was a late winner. It normally was a late winner. This time it was like a halftime winner. It was, it was, a, it was a half late winner. <laughs> yeah, so um, I know there's plenty of others you could go with. but uh, What a goal, by the way. Yeah, it was f- absolutely beautiful. Like it was just picked up at his toes. It was like a Wimbledon that's just, volley. That's just, te- volley. That's just technique. That's, yeah. That is just pure technique. That's he, that's him doing that in the streets in Brazil. Just He's just chopped the ball in half, literally. And I think you're, you're super excited too because you know he's going back to United, so hopefully he doesn't get injured before uh, – before the end of the tournament, and you'll get a Casemiro back, so, who's in good form. Tell you what, good you're not, United you players have scored a few goals at this World Cup, so keep keep it rolling. Hey, you know what? Maybe when we do a version of Vig Stats, man, you might be able to tell us based on uh, Premier League clubs or something who scored more goals and more assists or something or more saves or something. You might be able to come up with something like I'll that. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> All right, what's your uh, what are you putting up against uh, Casemiro's uh, beautiful Federer-like half volley? All right, I've, I've I might use my double play here. I, I don't know, but I'm going with. Are you, uh, you going to use a double play? Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Double with play. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna start hard. I'm gonna okay. start hard. All right, right. coming out the box quick. So like. look, I, I I can't go past uh, free kick for Mexico. It was uh, Luis Chavez against uh, Saudi Arabia. The second goal, I think, to to go two 0 up. Was two nil was correct? Yep. Oh, that just the, just a technique on that. And, and apparently, he's renowned in in Mexico for being a bit of a free kick specialist. Um, you know, not many of us have, have seen him have seen him play that much. So. Um, that was just phenomenal. The the whip on that ball. I don't. I don't think any keeper in world football is is stopping that. That was you know from from distance as well. It was a fair way out. 
uh, left foot he's just hit it so sweet and it's it's always traveling away from the goalkeeper um, into the top corner so there was a, there was a I think there was a bag kick. full of free kicks throughout the tournament I think Marcus Rashford hit a really nice one in their big win um, but yeah I'm with you I think that one there was uh, it gave the uh, Mexicans a hope of progressing but unfortunately they missed out on goal difference but uh, look if you go out like that if that's the way you leave the tournament for him beautiful way to go out right red carpet look beautiful goal beautiful <laughs> goal he'll be yeah, dis- he'll be disappointed they went out though. Um, and I, I'm going to throw another one in here. This was a, a great team goal. It was uh, Remo Frula uh, for Switzerland versus Serbia. Um, some lovely play. I think it was Shaka and Shakiri, and um, just just a lovely finish. Just a class goal all around. Some nice nice lead up play. That's my little that's my little extra. All right, we, we've got for the individual brilliance, but I've just chucked in a little bit extra to put the icing on top. All right, so two v one here. So you've put in the two, the uh, the Mexican as well as the Swiss, and uh, up against my uh, my classy uh, Brazilian. The only other one I would just mention there, just as something that was just so old school, it was like watching I don't know old video games or watching old school. Was uh, Vincent uh, Abubakar's classy and cheeky finish against Serbia? He beat time. He beat the offside trap. He beat the VF, the VAR, and he beat the opposition keeper. It was that scoop. Poor, poor Serbia, they copped a few good goals, didn't they? Mate, that, that goal that he scored, honestly, Gelatissimo should be getting on that. That was a triple scoop. It was. Did you see? It looked like it was going to hit the clouds. It was, it was. It was good. It was good. Sorry, I, I, they're the two I had, to, I had to go with a bit of individual brilliance with a free kick and, and a bit of a team brilliance. I just had to the, let Vincent, considering he got a red card in the game after for pulling his shirt off, I thought he at least needs to be mentioned here, even if he's not in the running for the award. It's uh, nice to mention him. All right, so uh, up to the listeners who they liked uh, out of those, uh, those, those nominations. So moving on to our best save, so Safe as a Banks, which is a tribute to England legend Gordon Banks. What are you putting forward, VIG? Well... Keeping with the England theme, I'm going to go with uh, Jordan Pickford's save against uh, Senegal in the quarterfinal clash to deny Boulayadia uh, when the scores were still one nil. Great save to his to his left hand side, strong left hand. Um, you know that goes in, and the game turns into a scrap. I think, and and, and Senegal, you know, maybe pull off an upset. So um, I, I thought I think Pickford's been been you know tremendous all, all tournament. Um, and yeah, I thought it was just a phenomenal save given the circumstances. Quarterfinal, nil all. Um, you know, before half time. Look, hats off to him because I, I was saying very vocally at the start of the tournament I would have picked Ramsgate or Pope on form. I think he's the weaker of the three and his form this year in an Everton team really struggling is is being the worst of the three. So look he's well, proven me wrong. Ram- Ramsdale's in form, right? Arsenal in form. He's a he's a he's a great goalkeeper. So in Newcastle. And, and and Pickford out of form playing for, for Everton or in a in a team out of form, right? Um, and we, we said that we said it all along that he might be the weak, weak link but every time he plays for England he steps up he does this is the uh, like when uh, Marone's players you know pull on the Queenslanders jersey and they just grow an extra leg he he should just retire from club football and just play for England or he goes from the T-Rex arms to like <laughs> or play the, t- the pterodactyl or, or just arms maybe, maybe Southgate's his lucky charm maybe he just follows Gareth wherever Gareth gets a gig after this he can follow him around but uh, yeah look I'm with you I think England's cruise through I heard most he plays of the uh, Southgate song in, in the change rooms before the game Southgate <laughs> yeah. you're the one you still turn me <laughs> on right. he no I hope he doesn't play that but uh, yeah look he's he's definitely um England have cruised through pretty much through this tournament. So in a game which I'm with you, I think would have it was close, and it ended up being a three 0 win in England's favour. But I reckon it would have been a lot closer if they'd taken a lead here and England had gone behind. So, yeah, look, good save for me. The save that I would I had a few there that I thought were good saves. I think uh, Chesney 
last week won the award for us and uh, he definitely got a nomination again for the magnificent penalty stop to deny the Messiah Messi from uh, opening the scoring at nil-nil. It didn't do anything for Poland, but it did keep him in the game a bit longer. Um, I thought that was wonderful and there was also a great one from uh, the Uruguayan keeper, um, a double save from the Uruguayan keeper. But for me, importance and what it meant to your team, South Korea keeper, Kim Siang outstretched save to deny Portugal's Dalot a double and gave his team a chance to steal the late winner, which they did, sending him through to the next round. So I think it was down low. I think Dalot had a, a lot of confidence because he'd already scored earlier in the game and his form has been really good for United this year. So I think he um, he's just carried that form into the, the World Cup. But uh, when South Korea needed their number one, he stepped up and delivered. Are you using your, your double play for this one? or No, I'm not. Definitely not. All right. And, and a shout-out as well. Um, obviously, we all saw it, but the uh, Emmy Martinez save uh, against Alokwal in the, you know, what was it, 97th minute or something like that. Yeah, it was. Look, unfortunately for us, it's not something we enjoyed watching. But, uh, look, I'm I'm a good enough sport to say if you pull off a great save, whether I'm green and gold or whether I'm, you know, I'm, I'm for you or against you, and you I saw, pay you credit s- where credit's due. You saw his two centre-backs after it, like, literally jumping on him. Just oh, yeah, my Spurs, mate, Romero just, jumping on him. literally just saved us, yeah. Yeah, I think Romero, I was worried Romero got injured because he's always injured for Spurs. Fell over. He plays three games and gets, gets injured. So I thought maybe he's gone down here and I'm thinking, oh, how many weeks he's going to be missing when the Premier League starts back. But no, he was just giving him a good old cuddle and saying, Thanks for getting us through to the... Thanks uh, for bailing me out. Yeah, 100%. Our next award is something outrageous, our Maradona Kebab Award. So the late, great uh, Maradona, and it's all meant in great respect to one of the greats, if not the greatest of all time. So for me, my nomination, it's just two words. Romelu Lukaku. Where are you? I, he's gone. He's Where gone, is he? He's gone missing. So uh, his misses against Croatia sent the star-studded Belgium team home. How can a 115 million uh, euro, uh, euro player with over 200 club goals, 68 international goals, go into a game like that where he looked like he'd never ever seen a ball before? Four chances, honestly, four clear cut chances, yeah. and you know, you and I would have scored them. So I don't know what's going on. If he had multiple choice, he he, he didn't pick the second worst or the third, the the sec- the best option. He chose the worst option every time. Yeah, he chose the option that you should oh, eliminate straight away. Yeah, hundred percent, fifty fifty, knock those ones out. He uh. He just looks, you know, he started to find his form a little bit after, you know, obviously a tough time at Chelsea and then uh, went back to Inter and they didn't open him with open, with open arms because he left there on not great terms either. But he started to look like he was getting his confidence back, but then he goes into the World Cup and, yeah, he just had a shocking game. That as, a, as a tournament, Belgium were horrible. They were lucky to beat Canada. They end up falling on their sword at the end and, and getting bundled out, but uh, there's massive problems there. Yeah, and, and there was rumours around um, him being like a bit of the peacekeeper. So I think they had a, a crisis meeting after after the final, um, what, the match before, and um, you know he was tr- he was trying to get the players to 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 you know all get on side and, and get behind the cause, and and maybe he was concentrating too much on on trying to keep the peace and trying to make everyone happy, and he just forgot about his own game. Yeah, and the thing is too, I don't know, it's dragged on for a long time. There was issues obviously in the, in the personal lives of De Bruyne and Courtois, two massive stars, and there was comments Courtois kept coming out and saying, you know, about how great uh, Benzema are and Modric that plays with him, you know, at, at Real Madrid. And, you know, he was kind of you know putting a bit of the boot into uh, De Bruyne. And, and, and on top of that, you know, they've had an opportunity where they've been had a great squad for, what, eight, ten years now, and they've pulled nothing out of it. Absolutely nothing donuts. to return. Yeah, they've got nothing in well, return. Well, World Cup semi-final in, in 2018 is, is all they've got. Yeah, but they've got a, a, a had a massive window of opportunity to be able to 
do something great for Belgium and for their country. And in, and when the window's now slammed shut, uh, all they've done is get their fingers caught in it because they haven't actually got anything out of that window. Um, and there doesn't look like there's much left because even when you've got players like uh, Vertonghen who are normally pretty quiet coming out and saying things, it means enough's enough. And I think they just need to probably go ground zero. They need to get rid of the coaching staff, get rid of you know the players that have been there and done a good job and, and just start from scratch and try and rebuild this uh, this dynasty. So you're saying Lukaku's probably played his, his final game for Belgium? Oh look, yeah, I don't know if he can if he can rise back up after that performance. And to be honest, like I said, he uh, he's had a tough few years in domestic as well. So look, it will show the character of him. I think he's got a lot of character, and I think you know he's he's a great guy. But I, I don't know; it's a, it's a lot to ask, and it depends on who takes over the, the coaching reins and how they rebuild. So only time will tell. What are you putting up uh, on the table to match my Maradona kebab? Oh, I hope I've got you covered here because this this will be absolutely outrageous if it does happen. Um, FIFA, if FIFA get rid of match day three of the, the 2026 World Cup, there will be uproar. It'll be outrageous. It'll be absolute disaster. Um, some of the best moments from this World Cup came in, in match day three. When you've got two games simultaneously flicking between two, you've got one up on the TV, one on the laptop or on your phone. Um, you're getting text messages from your mate saying, oh, this team's in. If this team scores, if um, the other team gets another yellow card, they're out. If, you know, FIFA fair play, all this... Um, all this uh, drama that's that's going on—it's just phenomenal. Uh, we why saw change it, it then? What, what, what's exactly? Why, why, why would you why would you change it? There's there's a way around it. Um, but but we saw at one stage Spain and Germany were both going out. Then Japan scored that goal, the controversial goal. Um, then uh, and, uh, and at other stages Mexico are going out because they're they're FIFA fair play. Um, they've accumulated more cards than than what Poland have. And but then if they scored again, they would have had a. a more goals for so they would have gone through so it was just phenomenal um the the drama that it brings uh we, we saw tunisia go one nil up against france and and we're going home you know at a nil or so surely we, this, have, to, surely, we have to win surely that this game. match day three if nobody else enjoys this the uh, phone companies do so optus telstra like sending 500 messages per minute to your to your mates right that's oh that's had the group them, the group chat's it? going off it's it's absolutely it's just brilliant um, why would they want to wreck that I, I don't know look the, the way fifa goes at the moment they never seem to pick the best option for football or for the players or for anyone else involved except for themselves we're going to have 48 groups of one uh, biggest bag wins so they'll brown paper bags wins and then get it down to 2014 and they pull rocks, and then eventually we we get down to hot, I don't hot know. and cold balls when they draw when they draw yeah, the names I, out of the hat. Oh, I don't no. know when you've got something like this, it's working really well, and it's been a huge success. Well, oh, I've got a suggestion, Rob. So yeah. I've solved the problem. Yeah. So there's 48 team World Cup, uh, 12 groups of four, keep it the same, three three games each in, in the group stage. Uh, the top two from each group progress, so um, 24 go through, but but the best eight from that go into the buy round. The buy round, they'll go straight into. Um, uh, the round of 16, the remaining 16 teams play off against each other and then the eight winners face the eight teams uh, that had the bye. Okay, sounds good to me. Sign me up. Yeah, mate, definitely. I stole I, that from someone, by the way. <laughs> the other thing is too, I've already started looking at, uh, you know, we've missed this one. I'm looking at Mexico, uh, America and your favourite team, Canada, hosting the next World Cup and I thought I can't wait to go. But if they're going to start doing all this stupid stuff here, then it's starting to. I'm starting to lose interest. So, look, I'm going to say to the listeners, I love this one, so give your vote to... Uh, VIG for Maradona kebab, but if this is true, don't vote for him because this could. Oh, disaster! This, yeah. it, 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 if this if this happens, yeah, take, don't, take it off. Don't, don't, don't give him your I'm vote. I'm not give even you, voting for myself. If this give happens. your vote to me. I think it's a fantastic uh, point that he's made here, and it's a great nomination. But uh, if it did, I'd be absolutely devo. Why would you want to have 
groups of three in there. It just doesn't make any sense. It's worked so well before. Okay, you've you know it's like anything. You make you come up with a great idea. Um, great, you run with it. If it's a crap idea, you, you can it. You know, if you go, decide that you want to save some room in your kitchen and you decide to go for a, an oven slash um, fridge, yeah, okay, in theory, it's great. It doesn't space. work though. One's hot, one's cold. 100%. So you go, you know what? I thought I was clever. I'm not. I'm stupid. So I'm just going to go back to uh, sticking with single single appliances and single devices. Why would you want to change something that's working? So anyway, it's uh, my Romelu Lukaku and he's absolutely just couldn't hit the side of a barn up against... Uh, FIFA's shocker of trying to um, trying to just make the groups uh, twelve groups of three, which um, I just don't I don't understand, I don't get, and I, and I don't want. So no, not happening. <laughs> it's, it's not. So yeah, let's just hope to God it doesn't go through. Okay, up next is our only in guitar. So different time of year, no beer, something you can only see here. What do you got, Vig? We spoke about this later uh, earlier. Sorry, the the fake Neymar. So I don't know if you've seen him. He's, he's been walking around the streets of Qatar, taking photos with people, signing autographs. Um, but he's tricked security and he's been escorted into the stadium um, before one of Brazil's games. He's taking photos with the fans. He, he looks like Neymar. He's dressed. He's got the beard. The he's got the on tattoos the on the neck. Yep. Uh, he's even got the little the little uh, bent fin- uh, pinky when he when he does these ones. So just um, incredible, incredible. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a dead ringer. Is he a crazy fan or, or is he a smart operator? He's getting these all these attention I think he's, I think he's, a, smooth op- I think he's a very smooth operator. Okay, so so they haven't caught him yet. He just keeps going in there. So no, no, I think they've I think they've caught him now. They've what about when him, the, what about when the real Neymar starts to try and go in somewhere and the people go and tackle him? Well, the and say, real, hey, we have got the fake one, and they go well, the, no, and then you've been sued for the rest of your life within well, a, a you, penny of your life. You know, if you get the real Neymar, you just got to step on his ankle. <laughs> Now this is one the, blows up and one doesn't. No, I was going to say this is what happens if you tackle. If, even as you start breathing, Nate, the, the the real name will fall on the ground, right, and start saying he got me, he got me. This guy, hopefully, he's got that down pat because if he doesn't, that's how you can tell the difference between the real McCoy and the fake uh, imitation. Will the bought. real Neymar please stand up? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. They might be able to get the fake Neymar and the fake Messi and get them all to go down to the uh, the next World Cup because if they come up with these stupid rules, maybe the real players aren't going to go. Or rumour has it Messi and Neymar are all retiring, so they might need to borrow these fake imposters anyway. They've got to keep them there, keep the crowds coming in. I just can't wait until there's a fake um, a fake imposter of VIG. Yeah, there already is one. Who's that? My brother. Uh, the, he's, he's, the French, the he's the French VIG. He's always been the imposter. <laughs> <laughs> oh god man, i can't wait till he sends you a few text messages of what he really thinks of you after this but uh all right so the two two cho- choices there um your that's your nomination so my nomination is uh and i thought this was down in the dirt bit low low blow Ghana's coaching staff trying to get a selfie with the crying south korean superstar son hing min after his team had won a con- uh, won a controversial game 3-2 so I thought it, take no, it took no class. You know, you go out there, it's a battle, it's a war, you want to win everything at all costs, but, uh, you know, you've got to have a little bit of uh, grace and dignity, like I said earlier in the show. You've got to go out there and make sure you win with, you know, you're a good winner and a good loser. He proved that he's a bad winner because he's gone over there and tried to do one of those over-the-shoulders, you know, photos of Son, to, Son Heung-min to show that uh, him having a bit of a, a ball because of the fact that they'd lost the game. It obviously meant a lot to Son Heung-min and, 
that's just showing that, like I said, that no uh, respect. yeah, you're not a, you're not a good winner. So I thought it was a bit disappointing. I would have expected that security or someone there would have, especially when it wasn't a final where you're hanging around. As soon as the game's finished, you shake hands and leave. So I thought it was poor form from the gun and uh, gun and coaches, coaching staff. And I suppose the the, the last laugh was on him because uh, the South Koreans have gone through to the, the, the round of 16 and Ghana have packed their bags and they're buying some souvenirs at the airport. So uh, I think uh, maybe if Son Heung-min wasn't a really super nice guy. He would have uh, reposted that and said to the Ghanaian coaching staff, have a great trip. Yeah, look, he was uh, always going to regret it, wasn't he? <laughs> the thing is, too, as uh, Conte always says, and it's one of your famous lines, what's he say about Son? Human? Oh, you'd give him away to your daughter. Hundred percent. Yeah, he's, 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 that, he's, that's the, the sort of son you want. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah. he's a nice guy. So he does great things for football on and off the pitch. So of all the people you want to go and troll there and do it to, it's not him. You know, so just thought it was poor form. So either the Ghanaian coaching staff's, uh, I don't know, harebrained idea to try and get a crying uh, son who to post on his socials, or your uh, fake name, yeah, the fake Neymar. So um, we, we can bundle it up with a fake Vig if you like. Oh, if you want, maybe two for he, one. maybe uh, fake Al- Messi, fake Ronaldo. Maybe Alex can be the real Vig now that you've become the you've become Mbappe. You're killing him, Mbappe. Yeah, look, we'll see. <laughs> All right, and our final award is our Vavana, our VAR and officiating stuff-ups. We talk about these guys too much, but they just can't help being in the headlines. I think it's me to go first here. So I'm going to use my double duo two-for-one here. Uh, hopefully this can I can go out with a bang. You started yours with a uh, with a quick start coming out the blocks, but uh, I'm going to hopefully finish off and this will get me the job done and give me a 2-0 lead in the series. But uh, first one was the Spanish coach, Luis Enrique. He said that the photo must have been tampered with when he saw the uh, the footage of the, the goal that Japan scored and the cutback was way over the line and that he felt something fishy was going on when VAR took even longer than they usually do. So they took an eternity to make a decision on that. So I don't know if it was trying to see the highest bidder there uh, who, who would pay to get the right decision. But uh, yeah, it just took too long. And you know, when it, those things happen, you always think that there's uh, where there's smoke, there's fire, there's, there's something going on, a bit of you know, fishy business. But uh, um, I can't tell you uh, on a family show what the German coach thinks after the goal knocked his team out. Uh, and it also cost him his job as well as the, uh, the German Football Federation 19 million uh, euros because they didn't progress to the next stage. And it was devastating for their fans. And unless you're an Englishman, uh, the, you get no joy out of watching a team like Germany who are always there in the uh, their back end of a World Cup falling out of the tournament. But they just weren't up to it. But uh, it's a bit uh, hard to take when... It was a bit controversial the way they went out because the ball looked like, uh, no matter which way you looked at it, the ball was dead. It was over the byline. Yeah, unless you're a pterodactyl flying above <laughs> and you're looking down and, and you got, you know, you can put your beak down. But um, yeah, oh, yeah, the ball was round, know. the line know, square, the ball's we're round, not, we're line not square. You, you're looking yeah. at it from above. Look, when I see that and I look at it and I can see green grass between the line and the ball, the ball's out. Yeah. Yeah, I just I can this, hear, this I can hear ridi- my ear. This rule's ridiculous. You know the um the apprentice that uh, Donald Trump, the uh, ex-American president, used to be on that the money at money 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 at the start. That's what I was thinking they were playing in the uh, up in that box. But uh, anyway, my uh, the double header of this is uh, uh, Ghana's opening goal versus South Korea. Andre Yu unintentionally kills the ball with his arm for Salisu to lash home. VAR awards the goal after having a long look again. It gave his team an unfair advantage and his team won the game 3-2. If you look at that, it could have been 2-2. Maybe that that gave them the momentum. Maybe uh, South Korea go on and win the game. But uh, fortunately, that uh, that was null and void because South Korea have gone through and Ghana haven't. But uh, yeah, I just thought that... Um, 
I don't think Andre you at any stage tried to intentionally bring the ball down for his teammate to lash it home, but it hit his arm and just dropped dead there for the easiest tap in you'd ever like. Every all, all the defence goalkeeper all moving one way, the ball was going flying for four over the over the uh, over the sideline, and then all of a sudden it just stops there dead, and then you're able to um, tap it home. So. I thought, uh, you know, they started the tournament pretty poorly too by uh, disallowing the Ecuador goal and then they've just continued on and here's another one. All right, so you've, you've, you've done your uh, double jeopardy, thrown, thrown two out. I've bundled these two in together, right. so what are you going to put up? You've only All got right, one I've weak got, opponent to put up against I've got one, it, so. one to go up against it. Uh, mine comes from the final group stage game between Croatia and Belgium. Uh, 15 minutes in, I think Yannick Carrasco clips Andre Kramaric inside the box. And referee awards a penalty. This happens just after a free a free kick. So Anthony Taylor uh, pull, pulls up pulls up the foul, awards the penalty. Uh, Luka Modric grabs the ball, goes to put it down. Ballon d'Or winner. He's up against um, Thibaut Courtois. He's his Real Madrid teammate. Uh, Modric dead said he's waiting for about five minutes to take this free kick. Then then the ref that take the penalty. Then the referee gets a, a you know a shout in the ear saying, "Oh, you got to come over to the screen to see this." And we're thinking, oh, what's happened in the in the build up? Something happened. Did he not foul him? Did he fall over? Um, and he goes over, and then he comes back, and he and he blows for offside. So he's he's gone to the screen to what to check the colours to see if the blue and the blue and red line were Where there. Did like, he blow offside from 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 so the offside from the, from the free kick from <laughs> you know? So oh, honestly, I don't know why is it taking so long. And it, and the VAR that that's their job. You see off offside, it's black and white. It's either offside or, or it's not offside. Is this the VAR right? group? Is this so this is the VAR group? This, is group. this, this happened. This was the Belgium and and uh, Belgium and Canada game where it should have been a, a penalty to Canada. So they get one. So they get one bodgy call a game. Is it like in tennis where you get two two line calls yeah, or two honestly, challenges? I, I don't know yeah. what's going on, but. This group, one bodgy Vavana every uh, yeah, every, every game. game, pretty much. <laughs> well, there won't be any more bodgy Vavanas for Belgium as they're already uh, on their way home. But watch then might be for Croatia. Japan better watch out. Yeah, I was going to say they look at one time in the game. You just pull out that card and you just drop that uh, Ifitano card on the table and you say, "I'm going to I'm going to call like him the my Uno favor. card I'm with, all, with all colours, like a joker." Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm just going to call him the favour now. So, um, all right, I like that one. It's uh, it's it. Look, it is. It's just annoying. It. I don't know eventually where we get to with uh, the VAR because, like I said, every single time they've tried all this new semi-automatic stuff and all this, it sounded like I was going to a gun shop. I, I didn't understand what they were talking about when they were talking through all the things they were trying out the World Cup. I thought it was enough that you're trying out to play in November instead of June, July, but they wanted to add some more fancy bells and whistles to it. But uh, all right, that's the end of our... Uh, um, our Peely Awards. So, yeah, look, please uh, have a listen. Find out uh, what you think. If there's anything you haven't seen, I'm going to try and put as much footage as I can to make it as easy for you to come up with uh, another win for me. So, um, I might, so I might, that's what. Uh, so you're going to put all the footage of your noms and, and none of mine. No, I might. I might just. Bo- I might bodge yours up. I might do a bit of a FIFA here and and throw a few um a few snakes in there to try and cause some problems for you. But no, look, I'll be very fair. So look, I'm hoping that I'll run out winners. So I take a two two nil lead in this series. But uh, look, I did really like a lot of yours, and I think there was a lot of quality this week. So um. Only time will tell what the listeners have come up with. So moving on to our clinical finish, I don't think that we'll ever get this season from anything, whether it's from the A-League men's, women's or the World Cup or whatever, a better what the foot than this week. So Australia, you might not have got through to the round of uh, the round of quarterfinals, but uh, you definitely took home the best uh, what the foot, the WTF. So this week's uh, award winner is did Keep Up and Network 10 go home before the final whistle or didn't they pay the cameraman overtime? They have no footage 
of Emma Roba's stunning winner in the game between Western United and Adelaide. So I had to go to the Western United website to see this. Now, um, you know, it is a joke award here and it is a bit of fun we have, but I think for me it's disrespectful to Western United, even Adelaide and Emma Roba's, that you can't even have footage of um, that winning goal. So it just goes one all. And then they go, okay, that's it. Let's go have some more portos. So they're hanging out at El portos. And then maybe later they heard, oh, in the 97th minute there was a winner. And they no, went, they, they're only painting for 93 that. minutes. It's, it's always three minutes stoppage time. It's, it's not Qatar. This is not Qatar <laughs> FIFA World Cup stoppage time. It's 23 yeah. minutes. Right? How can you get this wrong? That, that, that was all that was in the contract. It was, it's just 90, 90 minutes plus three. Yeah, I and just, he's gone home after that. Yeah, this is shocking. I, I just I just can't believe this. I, I, I um... I loved. I thought the game was fantastic, and I think there was a lot of good things from it. It gave, uh, you know, Western United their three from th- third win, and Adelaide were, were good for the money too. And it was a it was a great strike, and you know, ninety first and a ninety uh, equaliser and ninety seventh winner. But it's taken away all that magic because of the fact that you can't even record the game. So, oh, I, I don't know. She's she's had a chance to score a cracker, and she's got been cursed. I don't know. Maybe did you did you mention her name beforehand, like you've done the previous winners of the World Cup or runners up or anything? Did you? No, no, no. Did, did you not tip her? No, no, no. Well, you didn't tip West United to make the six. Did you not tip her to score a goal this year or something? No, unfortunately, I didn't. I don't know. It's just what, what the foot, hey? Yeah, it's just poor, absolutely poor. But uh, moving on, the A League men's competition resumes this week. So, Revolutionised Roundup is back. TFR Fantasy uh, rejoins the lineup. Our Peely Awards uh, keeps its starting spot. And our women's rap continues to get game time. So busy next week. We thought we uh, we get a bit of a break with uh, less games because we've moved out of the group stages, which could be the last time we've had these sort of group stages. If your uh, your nomination in uh, only in guitar goes ahead, no, your Maradona kebab uh, nomination goes ahead. But uh, yeah, we've instead we've been replaced with uh, A League men's back. We've still got the women's league, which is up and running, as well as uh, the remaining round of 16 games and quarterfinals and maybe even semis before we are back on air next week. So lots of games. Uh, I don't know how we handle it all, but uh, there's a lot worse jobs to do, isn't there? Look, it <laughs> means more more daytime football for us, but it just means football nonstop and uh, more coffees and more late nights. All right. Early uh, mornings. Games this week in the uh, – A-League men's competition, which returns. Sydney hosts Melbourne City. The F3 derby, which is a home game for the Mariners, is also another entertaining match. And the Bulls versus Victory. Will the teams be rusty, VIG? Look, potentially. There's always, um, you know, having a break mid-season or it's it's not even mid-season, you know. So uh, I think it might take a little bit to to get that uh, momentum back. Um, Sort of, you know, we we had such uh, good momentum with the league um, you know, b- before we went on break with the with the derbies and and we had the big blue and the Melbourne derby and um, the the Sydney derby, which had a, a great turnout. So hopefully we keep that momentum and hopefully uh, we build on uh, the Socceroos' success. And we saw the crowds that that turned up, um, you know, across the country to to watch it at the live site. So hopefully we get those fans at the A League this weekend. Will the stars, uh, the Socceroos stars, be back? Your gut feel? Uh, some are back. I, I, I'm unsure if, if they'll all play, but they, they are coming back. Will some of them get a break? Except, for Matt, except for Matt Leckie. I think Matt Leckie is um, he's taking a bit of an extended break. Okay, and they're going to send in the fake Matthew Leckie. Yeah, I think he's just he's just put him <laughs> on the flight back. He's, he's arrived, so he's, he'll be good to go on, uh, on the weekend. All right, last question for you. Do you see the same uh, front runners coming out the blocks fast with this break, or does this just uh, – you just mix them all back up in the bag again and it's a new start and it's like it's a new race, so – Anyone can come out the blocks. Honestly, I think it's a new race. Yep. I, I, and I think 
the 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 coaches and and they need to they need to treat it like that they need to come in and say all right brush the the first bunch of games to the side um we start again now and we we build um into christmas and then and then for the rest of the season so is it an advantage for the teams like the mariners for example in city who had multiple players in the uh, World Cup for the Socceroos coming back into the squad to give them that, uh, you know, I suppose that ignition, that, that, that energy. Yeah. And those the, teams play- that, those, the teams that don't have. Those players, lack- those players will come back buzzing. You know, they've just been to a World Cup. The, the things that they've experienced over there. They've all had uh, a photo with Messi. They've <laughs> <laughs> every single one. All 26 players. It looked like a, it looked like a, ma- it looked like a mannequin, right? Because I don't think there was one photo where I saw I saw the player, the Australian player, looked different, but I didn't see him. He was in exactly the same pose. Yeah, and I, and he I, never think, I think after the third photo, they just uh, they just blew it up and took a cut out and just stuck it there, and they were like, "Come on, boys, let's go." Get I think I almost got like, up. I, I think I got there just a few seconds late. Were you? Yeah, no, I was he's gone, packed up. Yeah, he blew, he blew, the uh, cut out blew away. They, they were also doing one at Park Lee Markets. That's where I went. Oh, that's why. <laughs> All right, um, so if you missed any part of the show or you want to listen to other episodes, where can they catch it, uh, Killingham B.I.G.? They can catch it on all good podcast platforms, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, wherever you, you listen to your podcasts. Um, we're up back up on uh, FNR Radio now as well. Uh, and Vide- up on video our and audio. Video on and audio and uh, video up on the YouTube channel, so plenty of platforms. So there's plenty of World Cup do or die excitement this week, so no excuses, plenty of football to watch. Is there a game in particular that you're looking most forward to? Oh, look, the, the, the quarterfinals are all going to be juicy um, at the World Cup. Pick one. France, England. Okay. Who's your tip in it? God, uh, I don't know. I think it's going to go extra time. Uh, golden goal, I'm going to go with France. Me too. I'm jumping on your back. And, and that's nothing to do with... Uh, having a little bro that plays in France. So, um, all right, hope you enjoyed the show almost or even even half as much as we enjoy bringing it to you. Please vote for your favourite nominations in the Peely Awards. Um, I'd like to thank uh, Jacob Tratt, the uh, Western United uh, Fix-It Felix, uh, super nice guy for, for coming on the show. And uh, until next week, plenty of football to watch, but rise up and join the football revolution. Have a great week. Enjoy your football and we'll catch you then.